Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast, a radio show coming to you on this Friday, June the 3rd, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. <laughs> on today's episode, we have my man, Doug White. But before I jump into that, two housekeeping things real quick. One, uh, again, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app has been live for like three weeks now. Uh, you guys have been awesome in there. If you guys have not yet checked it out, jeremyscottfitness.app. Uh, the first month is a dollar. That's not me misspeaking here. That is real. We're giving it away for a buck. Uh, it's all the weekly stuff you guys have been asking for for a long time. We've loaded a ton of the full programs in there. All the nutrition stuff, the mobility flows, macro education, gut health, you name it. I think there's already like a thousand videos uh, inside of there. And obviously, we are ripping through loading more each week. And if there's stuff you guys want to see, obviously, we will put it in there. We're just trying to make stuff that's affordable for people basically all across the world since the demand was so high. So if you want to check it out, jeremyscottfitness.app, you guys can get hooked up for the first month for a buck. We do have a new program. We're putting like a little high-intensity hybrid program in there, I believe, June the 10th or the 11th is a kickoff date for that. There's already stuff loaded in there, but that's coming down the pipe. And then a pretty disgusting in a really positive way. <laughs> uh, transformation come in, I think, in July as well. So hit it up. Links in the Instagram bio. It'll be in the show notes as well. But again, jeremyscottfitness.app, and you guys are good to go. And then reminder, you guys already know this episode is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. It's the one thing I take every single day and I never miss. If you guys want to check it out, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott will give you a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. You guys should already be taking vitamin D. If you're not, we throw the K2 in there as well. If you struggle to eat enough green vegetables, and let's be real, all of us do, even myself at times, this is an easy way to cover the gaps in your nutrition. You still have to eat real food. You can't just eat garbage and take this. But if you're doing all right, this is going to cover the gaps. You're talking like the antioxidant equivalent to like 10 to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables a day in one simple scoop. I was just in Hawaii for a week. I took the packs with me, rip it, put it in water, slam it, and I'm good to go. If you guys want to check it out, we'll give you all the free stuff. Or if you have never heard me talk about this, or maybe this is the 500th episode you've heard me talk about them, shoot us a message. I'll have Monica send you a free travel pack right to your front door. I don't care what state, country, providence you live in. We'll get you a free pack. You can try it. See if you like it. Easily the best tasting greens on the planet. And then you get hooked up with all the free stuff from there. So shoot us a message, however you want, and we will get you guys hooked up. Otherwise, check out the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. And you guys are good to go. Okay, so my man Doug White is in the house, and he has a – it's an interesting story. So welcome, dude. Thank you. Appreciate you um, having me on. Yeah, man. So let's go – if you want to go origin story, yeah. um, you can go as far back as you want, and yeah. then uh, we'll just kind of connect the dots from there. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the gist of it is, is you know, I, I built uh, a career in baseball off of nothing, really. So, like, uh, out of high school, I never played – baseball like I quit didn't like it how was, long did you play for I played well I eventually got to indie ball but like I actually quit my senior year of high school because I didn't like the coach and I was getting picked on that's like the best year though too <laughs> I know and actually we made the state playoffs that's crazy never played yep it was super, super. Like, do you like when you think about that now? Like, you're old enough to probably you can let it go. But like, oh yeah. Do you like regret it? Not at all. No shit. No, not at all. Because I feel like that would like I'd be so salty. Well, because I understand what was going on there now. You know what I'm saying? I like I I understood greatly what I went through just like a year later. So it was it was cool. So I quit. Right, quit baseball, 
18 years old, I go to this thing called Life Spring Training. Okay, Life Spring Training is all about uh, your awareness of uh, life is about giving love and receiving love. That's it. And then what's all the bullshit we allow to get in our way? Okay, so what are all the things that we hold us down with, right? The shame, the guilt, the, you know, the judgment, all that, all that stuff. Okay, good. So now I do that work. I do that, uh, that training, right? I did the basic and the advanced. And inside of that, I figured out, oh, shit, you know what happened? I allowed um, this coach that I didn't like to basically ruin my um, feeling about baseball. So I said, you know what? I think I'm going to get back into it. And my arm was always my strong suit. I was an outfielder. I didn't hit that well. I didn't want to fucking have a 90-mile-an-hour, you know, baseball thrown at me. So I was good to throw at them, you know? Yeah. So that was cool. And how old – so you go to this conference hall, do you? 18 and 19. And at eight, you're 18, you just – because most people at 18, especially dudes, yeah, dipshits. Totally. Uh, and you're like, I'm going to go to this conference to, like, help myself? Well, my parents, that was their deal. Like, when we were 18, that's where we're going because – they, you know, the whole deal of accountability, responsibility, the discipline, the work ethic, all that stuff. You know, they brought us up with all that. So based on that, not to interrupt you. So yeah, just yeah. so people know, your sister, yeah, Jennifer, doctor, yeah, doctor Jennifer Doctor Huberty. Uh, so if you guys remember the episode, <laughs> she's the scientist from the call map. Yeah, and I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, she would tell me the story, like she grew up in like the Richard Simmons, like fitness yeah. gyms. And then <laughs> my mom. Yeah. And yeah. then you guys grew up in Sedona. Yeah. So at 10 years old of age, we moved to Sedona from Agora Hills, Woodland Hills area. Cause California. that's trippy too. Yeah. So you go to high school here. Uh, I went to high school in Flagstaff, Arizona. Okay. Lived in Sedona, busted up until I was able to have a car, you know, 16 years old. That's right. That Cause she's day. like, we used to drive up 89A. Yeah. Like there you go. Up kids. the Canyon. Awesome. That's brutal. It was awesome. Like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, dude. because once you had a car, you were just like speed racer, you know, try, and doing the switchbacks and everything. It was kind of a fun deal. So your parents even, and this is what, dude, like the 90s? Uh, yeah. Early 2000s? I graduated in 95. So, so for them, like, yeah. I guess it kind of fits because like, I'm not, like where I grew up, I'm, no, my dad's great. It's not going to a fucking personal development. My dad is <laughs> my dad is Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. Yeah, that's awesome. Like to a T, bro. That's awesome. Like get off my fucking lawn yeah, with a yeah, shotgun yeah, like, yeah, or yeah, assault yeah. rifle. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't imagine him being like, hey, dude, you're going to go to this like life is better shit. He'd be yeah, like, yeah. just swallow it, dude. Totally. You're fine. Totally. But your parents had the foresight to be like, this is what you guys are going to do. Absolutely. Because they did that when, in the late 70s when it first came out. That's what they did. And so that's kind of like how they were able to kind of navigate their own life. And so they knew they wanted to share that with us at some point in time. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So when I did that and I graduated from that, I guess you'd say, um, made me realize like, wow, I was letting a lot of bullshit get in the way of what I wanted to be doing. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start playing baseball again. So what I did was I was in Flagstaff, Arizona at the time going to Northern Arizona University. Okay. There was no baseball in Northern Arizona University. So what I did was I hired this pitching coach down in Phoenix. I would go. Once a month, take a lesson, go back up to Flagstaff. I'd wake up at like 5.30 in the morning and go to the NAU Sky Dome. I asked the guy who directed the Sky Dome, hey, can I play catch in the dome in the morning? Because it's wintertime at 5.30 in the morning. You ain't going outside in Flagstaff, Arizona. No, it's brutal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And most people think, oh, you're in Arizona. It's hot. You're fine. Like, Dude, it's zero degrees with snow all over the place. Okay. Yeah. So. I found this guy who happened to be playing indie ball. He was a shortstop playing indie ball, and we would play long toss, I don't know, three, four, five times a week, and he would catch my bullpens. 
So I did that for a certain amount of time until I was good enough to play D3 ball. So I went to Arkansas, played some D3 ball, quit, went to D2 school, quit, came back home, started playing in the summer ball league, walked on ASU, didn't make it, finished at uh, South Mountain Junior College. That was a pretty fun season. We were actually ranked in the top 10 in the nation and there was dudes there that one dude, you know, a center fielder made it to the Chris Duffy was his name. He made it to the big leagues. Other guys played D one. So that was fun, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm done with that. That's seventy five innings as a starter. Okay. Done with that. I I'm like, man, I want to keep playing. I'm gonna try out for an indie ball team. Bob Welch. You know that name, Bob Welch? Yep. Okay. So he was the manager at the time. Okay. So do really good in the workouts, but they're not gonna take some rum dumb dude out of JC. They have these guys who played like professional baseball. So they take them. I go play at a semi-pro league, if you even want to call it that, in, in Fort Collins, Colorado. And I'm still just digging, 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 right? That's like a wood bat league or something. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I come back home. I was tired of it. I was like, God, I'm, I'm just going to come back home. And it just so happened that two of their dudes the night before got hurt. So they needed a guy, right? Just any guy off the street, right? This is indie ball. Yeah. So they let me play. So I come from... Junior college baseball, no no other experience whatsoever, and I'm playing against dudes that have played in the big leagues, triple-A lifers, double-A dudes, and I I lasted, you know, I lasted like a few weekends. You know, I just did the best I could kind of a deal. Yeah. That goes on for a couple years. Now I'm, 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 I'm bad. I'm not, good, I'm not a good pitcher in the way that I couldn't throw. I had a great curveball, but I had no velocity. So my deal was how do I throw harder? So along this path of trying to throw harder, I went from pitching coach to pitching coach to pitching coach, and they were all garbage, not giving me any good information until I met this one dude named Brent Strom. Brent Strom is now the pitching coach with the Diamondbacks. Okay, I have 20, 25 years of, you know, uh, relationship with Stromy. That's, that's what we call him, right? Yeah. So I meet him. He did the best he could with me. I actually threw pretty well with him in workouts, but I couldn't translate it to a game. So... I'm done playing. I say, Stromy, what do I do now? He says, you know what? There's, I said, I want to coach. I'm not going to go get a real job, right? So I'm, I'm just going to coach. He says, there's a dude named Tom House in San Diego. Why don't you go get a certification from him? He just started this thing called the NPA at that time. Okay, this is back in like 2003, okay? Yep. So no problem. I'm going to go there. So I went there, and instead, because I really wanted to live in San Diego, I just packed all my shit up, and I moved. So I did a 9 to 5 during the week selling like you know like i was dressed to the t going business to business selling like oil blue oil and filters you know those packets oh, right bro, the the, the pizzas yeah it was so yeah. great right so on the weekend though tom house was doing his clinic so i would show up take his certification just be right there next to him learning all i could six months later i get an opportunity to coach with the montreal expos so i have my whole dream in life was I want to be in the big leagues as a player. I couldn't sniff uh, professional, organizational, affiliated baseball. Couldn't sniff it. And then all of a sudden, six months later, here I am getting a job with the Montreal Expos. I thought my life was like, you know, I thought I made it, yeah. right? Because <laughs> how old are you then? At that time, I'm 25. Got to mm. be one of the youngest coaches in all of professional baseball. And without the, the background of, like, Zero I played background. at Miami or I played at, you know, whatever affiliate of, you know. Zero background. I had Brent Strom in my corner that knew I knew how to coach. Didn't matter if I played because good coaches don't have to be good players. 
They need to be good communicators. They need to gain respect. They need to gain trust, you know, so on and so forth. True. So he knew that, right? So they gave me an opportunity. I got fired, right? We actually were really good, but I got fired for, you know, whatever reason you want to say. Next year, I go to Indie Ball to coach. I got fired from that job. Three years, I do my own um, business called Passion for Pitching, okay? And, so like, what was that? Just, like, helping? My only way of, of, of providing for myself. It was clinics and one-on-one lessons of pitching. But I tried to do it in a way, like, I studied. Like, I, I, I went and had certifications from different nutrition, different, um, uh, like, Z Health, NASM, you know, those types of companies. Yeah. Because um, I was – I didn't want to just – be the dude who sits on the bucket and catches Johnny and way to go, Johnny, throw me another strike. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to be good. Yeah, right? I wanted like, to understand the body. Like Tommy Mansky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ex- you remember that shit? Exactly. Remember- Freddie McGriff was his boy, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, commercial- I met Fred McGriff one time. Really? Yeah. That Crime was dog. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause on the commercials, they would have a kid like catch it and then like throw it into yes. a trash can. Oh my God. Cause I would wa- I play baseball as a kid. Yes. Like, like most kids all the way, like high school and shit. Yes. And I'm like, Oh man. They can teach these kids how to throw. Oh, my God. But I'm sure it's like fucking, you know, <laughs> it was, it's A-Rod on the fucking video. You just yeah. can't tell he's 12. It's like dog shit. Yeah. yeah. And then Fred McGriff's on there with his giant mesh hat. Yeah, exactly. I remember. Yeah. Anyways. It was awesome. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I did that for three years. Okay. Then I finally got an opportunity to get back into baseball. I was like, there's no way I want to do this business by myself. I, I, I want to compete again. So I got an opportunity with the Cardinals. That time, Jeff Luno, that name, he was, you know, with the Astros. He won the you know, that World Series championship with the Astros, but he also got fired because of the cheating scandal, you know, that happened, that deal, right? I'm from, I'm from, I've heard about it a little bit, yeah, yeah. banging on trash. Yeah, exactly, it was awesome. So anyways, um, he was the director of minor leagues scouting and player development at the time. He was doing everything. So he hired me. I'm there for uh, six seasons, and I never move up. I'm in rookie ball year after year. It was like, you know. So what is your job title with the Cardinals then? Uh, what would you call me? You'd call me um, rookie, uh, advanced rookie ball pitching coach. That's it. I'm like in Florida coaching at 1 o'clock with nobody watching these games except girlfriends and parents, right, on like those stands that you have in high school. Because this is like what – Break down the levels for people who are yes. listening. Like, okay, so you have like, okay, it's the Twins. Yeah. Okay. And then who's under that? So the Twins is the big league team that everyone gets fed into, right? That's yep. your feed. That's your feeding tomb, right? So you have Triple A, Double A, High A, Low A, Advanced uh, A. We're like, like, uh, what? What do they call it? Um, advanced Rookie League, but there's something else they call it, and I'm forgetting it now, but so basically like it's, it's... Four or five levels down. Yes, for sure. And then there's an Advanced League, and then there's the Gulf Coast League, which is the lowest of the Rookie League, and then there's the Dominican League. So it goes all the way to the Dominican. That's the lowest. Jesus. Yes. So you have all those levels. So I'm literally hanging out at that level year after year. And how many of those dudes that you're working with there make it to the show? Well... When you have a good organization, you do shit right. We had a lot, actually. Once I got over to the Astros and we started kicking ass, yeah. there's a lot of dudes that made it to the big leagues there. That's cool. Our percentage, for sure, was better than what the the cool. minimum is, the league minimum, which is like, I think they say it's somewhere between like 3 and 6%. Okay. We were definitely better than that. Nice. Yeah. So, I spent my time there, not going anywhere, and I'm crybaby, like, why aren't they liking me? Why aren't they moving up? Yada, yada, yada. But really, it what, what it was a 
about was it was the belief in myself and it was also my ability as a coach to communicate like like I was one of those dudes who was like I would see a player and go man this is exactly how I want to communicate to him and then I'd go over there and he'd say something and I'd freaking blow up I'd be the exact opposite of what I knew inside I wanted to do until I figured out a way to calm that down to actually like hey these are people man like you can't coach the way you think you want to coach or the way the, the guys do it in high school or the dad for the 10-year-old screaming from the stands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that. So, And these guys are kids, though, too. They, they are, but they're... But they're, I mean, they're grown adults, but they're yes, 18, 19, 20. Yes, but they're also entitled in the way that some of these kids got some money to be there. And who the heck are you? Why are you talking to me this way type of deal? Yeah. So you still have to learn that, right? So I figured that out, but I'm still in the rookie league. Finally, uh, the Astros, uh, they said, hey, Dougie, why don't you come on over here? It was 2013 at the time. Uh, Luno had just moved over because they needed some new coaches. They needed to kind of, they wanted to build something there. So I went over again, started in the rookie league. But the time that I was there, I actually won uh, four championships in the minor leagues in six seasons. So it was like I was having success. That's why I was a little confused. Like I was having success with the team developing pitchers, but no one was really noticing or allowing me to move up. So I said, forget it. I'm going to go to another place. Uh, so I, I, I took the job with the Astros. Okay, so I'm, I'm there. First season comes, win a championship. Then, again, the same, same talk comes. The director of player development says, hey, Dougie, you're going to go back to the rookie league and I said hey I thought you know I came kind of came over here Jeff told me hey we're gonna we're gonna move you up like you're gonna be okay we're gonna move you up in this league and he goes you know what Dougie he goes um no one's really calling for you like I don't think you have much to say in this matter right now unless someone's calling for you I think you should just kind of like take what you get that's literally what he was saying. I'm paraphrasing but that's what he was saying yeah month later I did a talk, what we were talking about, you know, off. off yeah, so off. share with these guys. Yeah. So, but, but when you're in those roles, like, what do, yeah. you, what do you guys make doing that? Oh, man. <laughs> Montreal Expos, 25000 bucks A year. Yeah. I made, uh, the highest I made, I think, as a coach in the, in the rookie league level was like forty grand, And that's in a six-month span. You know what I mean? You make that money in six months, and that's and it. So you have to work in the off season. This is no like you're kicking back drinking Mai Tais at the pool. Yeah. So it sounds cool when you tell your friends, but you're broke as shit. Sounds great. You're broke as shit. You're grinding. I mean, I'm getting up at like five in the morning every morning working extended spring training for eight weeks before the season even starts for me because I'm in the rookie league, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm working again. Like our games start at 1 p.m in 95 degrees, 100% humidity in Florida, and no one cares, and ain't no one watching you. Like how many people go to a game? Like 100? 15. Oh, 15 people. Oh, yeah. Because like, we're playing day games. Like if you play a night game, every once in a while you might see 50. And there's like parents and friends and shit. Exactly. Yeah. This is not like someone paying a ticket. You're getting in for free to these games. That's like what's when people are like, oh, I play pro baseball. I'm like, what team you play for? And it's like, well – that's a broad, oh, yeah. It's a broad scope. People have no clue what the grind is to get to where you want to be in the game of baseball. That's crazy. Yeah. So you do explain the talk to these yeah. guys that kind of change. Okay, so this whole time that this is going on, when I was 19 years old and I did that life spring training, afterwards, I did something else. Okay, it'll be a little goofy for some of your, your viewers here, but this will be good. I, I 
my mom asked me to go to a workshop when I was 19, another workshop, right? Yeah. And she says, I go, well, what is it about? She goes, don't worry about it. Just come. So I said, okay, cool. Come down. So I went down to Phoenix. I'm sitting in the room and this dude comes, his name is Jerry, Jerry uh, Hicks. Okay. And he does his little spiel and he's kind of making you laugh and whatever. Really good dude. And he says, okay, I'm going to bring Esther, which is his wife. I'm bringing Esther on stage. Cool. No problem. So here comes Esther Hicks. Esther says hello and goodbye in the same sentence. I'm like, what does that mean? She stands behind a podium, closes her eyes, and her head starts to kind of like turn a little bit. And I'm like, mom, where did you bring me? What is going on? My mom goes, don't worry about it. Just listen. Pay attention. I was like, okay. She opens her eyes and she starts talking. But this is now Abraham talking. This is her non-physical part speaking. Okay. This is going to get good. You're gonna yeah, I'm this. fucking tripping yeah, already. Yeah, you're going to get good. Okay, so here it comes. She starts talking, and I'm listening, and I'm like, actually, this information is really good. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is interesting. And there's like an introduction. She's, you know, getting everybody ready, yada, yada, yada. It's like 15 minutes long. And then what it is is you raise your hand, and you can get called on, and you come up to the audience or to, to the stage, and you ask a question. So someone comes up there, asks a question. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Like, that was really good information and so i was like you know what mom i think i want to know about this i can't remember what the question was but i told my mom next person who got in the chair asked my question and i was like that's trippy so my mom goes well frig i want to know about this and i'm and the next person that got in the chair asked her question and then we were both looking at you like maybe we want to pay attention to what the heck's going on here and so ever since i've been listening following learning about that universal law law of attraction so on and so forth okay so that's just in the cooker right yeah because people are listening right now is like some old lady pretends she's abraham absolutely and is asking some psychic questions totally and now they're like this dude's fucking nuts totally and if 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 like if i didn't live the life you know what i mean the story i'm you know about you would to think finish, the same thing absolutely okay totally would right I'm with you. yes but this whole time like the center of my life has always been, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know more, more, more. Like, this can't be what, like, this can't be the only thing. Like, there's no way I'm going to live, like, you know, because when I was a kid, I was like, there's no way I'm living my life this way. This sucks. There's no way that this is what life is supposed to be like or what life's about. So I kept asking, where is the information that I need to know to live a life I want to live? Life Spring Training showed up, and then the next thing was Abraham Hicks showed up. So I paid attention. Okay, so now, so I have this information, but I don't own it. I, 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 I'm listening to it and I'm reading about it. I don't own it. I'm not practicing it consistently and I don't own it. So I keep getting what I'm getting, which is basically I'm blaming others. Uh, 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 this is not fair, you know, whatever, whatever, it, it, you know, I, I keep going. So now I'm, I'm farther along the game. I feel better about myself. I feel better about what I'm talking about. And I kind of know who I am more and I know that there's something more in this game for me. So after the first year with the Astros in the off season, I get invited to have this talk in front of 150 coaches. Okay. It's in, uh, um, Texas, uh, Ron Wolferth camps. Right. So I go there and everyone's talking about mechanics and weightlifting and whatever. And here's Doug in front of 150 dudes, right? Like we're talking about coaches from all over the place. These, you know, are, these are old school baseball dudes. Spitting tobacco into the cup, yeah. you know, that kind of bullshit, right? And I get up there and I start talking about emotions. And the title of it, the talk was success is rooted in emotions. My argument was 
that how are you going to have success if you don't know what it feels like? If you don't know what confidence feels like, if you don't know what belief in yourself feels like, like if you wait around for success to happen, like meaning I have to pitch good to be good, you're screwed, right? Also, what I was trying to interlay in this talk was like, these coaches don't understand that these kids are literally at the lowest of the low in a career where they thought they were the best thing ever. You got drafted. You were the highest of the high. You were the man at every game, right? But when you get drafted and you go to the rookie league, you don't mean shit, okay? Everybody's in the rookie league. On every organization, there's thousands of pitchers at that level, hundreds to thousands of pitches at that yeah. level, okay? So again, you're like, wait a minute, I was the best of the best, and now I'm struggling in a rookie league? What's going on here, right? So it totally shakes your foundation. So what I was trying to relay to the coaches, if you don't figure out how to show this person, this kid, to understand, hey, man, this is where you are. This is where you want to go. I'm going to help you bridge that gap. We're not going to do it all in a day. Probably not even going to do it in a year or two because this is how this works sometimes. But if you can get them to believe in the process and believe in, in what needs to happen every day and how you can think and feel and so on and so forth, hey, we can actually bridge that gap and get to the big leagues. There's actually a shot for you to do that, right? Because there's a reason you got drafted. But these coaches, don't under, they don't understand that. And so these kids get there and they get pounded on and they have no way to deal with the emotions inside. They're scared as shit because there's nothing else they know what to do with their life. They have no education. Some of them don't have any education because that's what they're doing there. Yeah. Because they don't want to go to school. Or right? they went straight from high school. Or even yes. if you went to college, like, you just went because yeah. you were Did there. Did you really go to the classes? Well, I argue all the time, like, if you take, like, NBA, like Carmelo Anthony at Syracuse. Like, he wow. went for a year. Yeah. He won the national championship. Did he really fucking Come go? Come on now. Like, second semester, Kamala's like, hey, guys, I got chemistry today. Come on now. Like, no fucking way, dude. Yeah. You like, had to I, play sports. Yeah. When I went to ASU, I, I remember I had, a, I had a class with one of the football players, and he was big-time tight end. I can't remember his name now. So long ago. But he was a big-time tight end. I saw him twice. Whole semester. He's, that's not what he's there for. Yeah, exactly. He's there to play football. He's making money for the school. Yeah, right. Hundred percent. So, so it's that understanding I was trying to relate to the guys. Okay, so now in the crowd happened to be at the time the big league pitching coach for the Indians, but also the player of uh, development, or sorry, the director of player development, Carter Hawkins, who happens to be the GM of the Cubs now. He came up to me. I didn't know him. He came up to me and said, man, Dougie, that, I really enjoyed that talk. Would you give that talk to the Indians? And I was like, well, I'm under contract with the Astros, but I'd love to. You'd have to ask them, you know? So what he did, and I didn't know this, and remember now, the player development director of the Astros had just gone off the phone with me telling me, ain't nobody's calling for you, buddy, so, you know. Be happy with what you got. Exactly. Eat your peanut butter and jelly sandwich at 12 before you go out to the game. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. No problem. So... This is the month later, right? I'm at this talk, and then now the Indians are coming up to me. So what they did, and I didn't know this at the time, what they did is they called the Astros up and said, hey, we want to interview Dougie for the AA pitching coach shop. But I didn't know this because the Astros don't have to tell me I'm under contract, and they also don't have to give permission to the Indians. So what they did instead is they allowed me to be the roving pitching instructor. So in an organization in the minor leagues, at that time, now you got all sorts of freaking titles, okay? At that time, you had a, 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 
pitching coordinator and a rover. That was it on the pitching side. And those two people handled all levels from AAA all the way down to Dominican. So you were on a plane every fourth or fifth day to another affiliate to check on pitchers. You'd watch them for four or five days, go to the next. Watch four or five days, go to the next. Come home for a little bit, take a, take a nap, you know what I mean? Get back on a plane, go to the next, right? So I jumped from rookie ball all the way past AAA, not past the big leagues because for me that's the pinnacle, right? Yeah. But just underneath to management, I skipped eight, nine levels in one offseason. Because of one talk. Because of that talk. Because I finally stepped out of my, my comfort zone and said, you know what? This is who I am. This is what I know about. This is what I know creates great things in people's lives. So I'm just going to start sharing it. Because wh- wh- what else can I do at this point in time? I'm not going anywhere anyways. I'm in the fucking rookie ball league. Yeah. Okay. So I do that. I'm rover, roving pitching instructor now for two seasons. Jeff Lou now, the, uh, the, um, He's he's still the GM of the Astros at the time. Calls me up, Dougie. Are you ready to be the director yet, or the you know pitching coordinator yet? I said, I'm ready if you want me to be. He says, Okay, you are. So I did that for two years, and then he said, Are you ready to be in the big leagues? I said, Yeah, but I don't think anybody wants me to be in the big leagues. We just won the World Series. It was 2017, the off season 2017. I'm like, What are you talking about? Stromy was the pitching coach at the time, actually. Yeah. And he had a really, really, really good friend of his in the bullpen at that time. There's no way he wanted me in that position. The manager didn't even want me. A.J. Hinch didn't want me there, okay? I said, I'll go, but you have to make sure that that's something I'm, like, they want me to be there. So A.J. called me up, said, hey, Dougie, we, we want you. It's all good. Come on, do it. I said, okay. So next thing you know, I'm in the big leagues with the Astros. Finish that season, ALCS. We, you know, we got beat by the Red Sox in the ALCS. Five days later, Angels call me up. Billy Epler's the GM at the time. Dougie, we want you to interview. I go and interview. A day later, they give me the job to be the pitching coach of the Los Angeles Angels. In the big leagues. In the big leagues. Pretty sweet. Everything that I was pushing for, striving for, struggling for, whatever you want to call it. For eight years? For eight years plus. So, like, I was in professional baseball a total of 14 years, 12 of them out of the big leagues, two of them inside the big leagues. And crazy, dude. Yeah. And then you're there for two years, and then you're like... Two years done. I got fired after my first season with the Angels. I'm a great coach. I have no split energy about that whatsoever. The owner of the Angels had a certain idea of how he wanted to run the organization. The guys he had in the front office wanted to bring in fresh coaches. They had the the old school regime there. I was one of the new regime coaches to come in and help bring in a system in the minor leagues and create a major league program. No problem. That was my job. That's what I started to do. I felt I was pretty successful in that in the first season. The major league results don't show it, but the individual pitchers, some of them had amazing seasons that they haven't had for years, right? Great, no problem. We also had a pretty tough season. I mean, Tyler Skaggs. That situation, I don't, you know, I'm yeah. sure you're aware of that. Um, so on and so forth. Anyways, end of the season, like, Dougie, you're, you're gone. Brad Osmus, Mander, he's gone. Bench coach, you're gone. So he didn't give us any chance to kind of to do it. And so at that time, right, I get fired. 20 minutes later, I'm getting a call from the Braves. And then a day later, I get a call from the Brewers. And another day, it's like I had, I had interviews, I had setups, yada, yada, yada. 
But like, it was like, well, why am I going to go back to a system that I, you're not going to allow me to do? Like you hired me for a reason, but then you don't give me any time to create it. Like the whole reason why I had the interviews, because what we created with the Astros, like I was part of, I was the head of creating the pitching development system for the Astros. They're still using it to this day. They're kicking ass, kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. Astros are a very good organization. For sure. Yeah. Well, I hired some of those people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we, we knew what we were doing. It's because it's the results. They want them so quickly to turn around because that's pro sports. Like. It's part of that, but it's also like a misunderstanding or a difference of opinion of how you create greatness inside of an organization. So one way to do it is from the ground up. That's the way the Astros did it. We're going to create a system, a minor league system, and then build from the ground up to the major leagues. That's what they've been able to do. So now not only do they have some pitchers come up to the big leagues to help out, let's say, you do it you know, with the hitting side too, right? But you have some pitchers come up. But then what also happens is you have trade pieces. So now you can take get that big dude at the July deadline because of some of these young stars you have up and coming. So you have this value. You know, you're just creating value inside your organization. But there's other organizations that they just want to spend money. They're not really worried about their minor league system. That's just there. And as long as they can keep spending money and bring guys up, and if they, they play well, they play well, then that's how we create winners. But some organizations, they, can't, they still can't figure out. The Angels haven't been very good for very long. They have some quality players on that squad. Yeah. Can't figure it out. That's gnarly. So then you got fired. Basically, there's other places where you could go, and you yeah. just decided, like, fuck it, I'm done? Yeah. Not, like, not necessarily with that attitude. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because it's like – to get to that, and I asked because, and like yeah. obviously we talked before this, but like to get that level, yeah, most people it takes their most of their life, yeah, their their professional life. It's yes, like even friends of ours, like my boy Travis Acres at Kent State, he's in my opinion eating shit for a decade, like similar to what you did. That's what I call it because I'm like it's, it's a car, it's a carny yeah. kind of like life where if you have a wife or a girlfriend or a family, like my God, you're a traveling roadshow. That's what coaching is. Like when I was, got out of college, did the GA stuff, the head coach I was for, like went from South Dakota to Chaminade, Hawaii, back to Morningside, back to South Dakota. Like, and now he's in like Kentucky, I think it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But that's your whole life. And you do it and you get to the highest level. There's nothing higher you can go. Yes. And then like, well, I'm going to kind of walk away from it in some capacity. Yes. No, I don't think a lot of people do that. No. Maybe just, and even if like you weren't happy, like, fuck it. This took me this long. Like I'm just here. Yes. And I'm in the system and I don't want to get out of the system because maybe I can never go back. Yes, totally. And so what I did was, and I also had two years left on a contract. So I was, I was grounded. I was able to make quality decision because I, there was no panic about finances. Oh okay? yeah. Cause they, cause in the pros, they got to, Oh, you got to pay. pay me. Yeah. yeah. You got to pay me. God. Well, I was told. You know, when I signed, when I first signed, it was like, Dougie, here's a three-year contract, but we see you as being the guy here for the next 10 years. That's word for word. I didn't make that up. No shit. Oh, yeah. And you, how many years was that? <laughs> One, One year, man. <laughs> well, it's uh, crazy. 10 years got cut short pretty quick. Like some of those, like the pro, I can't say some of this on air because people tell me it's in confidence, but there's some of the, <laughs> these co- the, some of the coaching stories I hear, man, are crazy. Yeah. But the one, like, was it Charlie Weiss was at, like, he was at? He was with the Patriots, right? And then he went to Notre Dame. Oh, and yeah. And then he went to 
Kansas, maybe? Yeah. But he was getting paid from, like, all these places. And, like, when you figure out his salary, it was, like, 15 million bucks a year. And then he was fucking fired from everywhere. Yes. And he's still collecting checks. I'm like, God, one time if I could just get hired for 10 million bucks <laughs> and get and fired, get fired the next sweet. day. Yeah. yeah. So you got – so you basically you're out, but they still got to pay you your salary for a yes, couple years. Yes, for the two years. And That's so cool. I, I, I spent that time going, okay, Dougie. There, first of all, everything happens for a reason. I firmly believe that in my life. Even if you don't understand it in the moment, it's still happening for reasons. And But what I was able to do is I, I knew I knew some of the reasons. Two weeks before I, I um, the season was over, I was driving home from the stadium, right? And I had this thought. I don't know why, but I had this thought. I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to be here next year. This is two weeks before the season is out. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be here next year. And this feeling, this just this feeling of like love just ran over my body and it just stayed there for like 30 seconds. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. How is this going to go down? Cause I didn't, I didn't know. Cause I'm not, I wasn't going to quit. You know but what like, I mean? Was it cause like you didn't want to be there on some level? It, it's, I think it's a, it's a, it's a combination of not that I didn't want to be there, but I knew there was something else for me. There's something else that's going to be like, representative uh, representative of who Doug is now not d- who Doug was it's kind of like who I was uh like now I was in the big leagues thinking this was my path this is really what I wanted and now I'm here but it was like man I don't know if this is really who I am anymore I don't really know if this is gonna suffice for me like I don't know if this is gonna wet my whistle yeah. for the next 10 years because that's like your identity then exactly for like ever. hooked in yeah hooked in and it still was like when i left man trust me i went through some very interesting days and i st- and i still do i'm just not hooked in as much you know well it's like even like we always say like i played sports like all the way through college and then you graduate and to your point you talked about earlier i remember going to an interview at like and i hate to say this like fucking enterprise rent a car <laughs> hey i worked for them too buddy Bro. i clean their cars and well here's the thing so i remember <laughs> being at the interview and this is here i just moved i moved here in august of like 08 right and i remember being there at the interview and this lady's like yeah you know like if it gets busy you'll have to like clean the cars and shit and i'm like lady i'm wearing a fucking suit right now it's 117 <laughs> i'm like you're out of your fucking mind but you're in this interview and i'm sitting across from this lady and she's saying it and i'm like i don't want to fucking work here anyway yeah like i don't want to be here i just don't have any money absolutely and i think of that because i'm like i go do you know how awesome i was like i was getting buckets like a year ago and like but no one gives a fuck like it doesn't matter and i imagine and that's like in this you know you play sports your whole life but at college is a four-year span than high school but you're doing this you know professional sporting job and we've had pro athletes and they say the same things they're done and they're like well now i don't matter Nobody gives a shit. And what I guess what you never really realize is, and I'll stop talking in a second. Oh, you're good. Where no matter how good you are at like the craft of your thing, at the end of the day, like nobody gives a shit. And I don't mean that negatively because no. like there's so many pro athletes, like you could say like, uh, like before like uh, Kyrie's whole vaccine thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's fucking amazing. First yep. of all. Yeah. And I don't think my wife knew who he was before that. Yeah. Now, this is one of the greatest, like, fucking wizards with the basketball of all time. Sure. NBA champion. All this stuff, like, and, my, and most people who here don't know who he is. Yeah. And so, but we identify, and, like, that's who we are. Yes. And if we're not that, then who the fuck are we? Yes. And I'm sure, like, you went from, like, I'm a major league baseball coach yes. to what do you, well, I just quit, and now I don't do anything. Yes. It's kind of like I'm a loser. Yes. Oh, for sure. I went through that for sure. First three to six months 
uh, being outside of it, I quickly understood where I uh, allowed my attachments and my identification to be made up of. And so I quickly had to, because one of my things was, well, what am I going to do now? I'm not cool anymore. When someone asks me what I do for a living, I can't tell them I'm a pitching coach in the big leagues. I have to tell them, um, uh, I'm just figuring stuff out. You know, I'm transitioning in my life. You know what I mean? But and what do they think? Loser. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's weird, though, like, why we, like, I mean, I'm just being real. Because if you told me that, it'd be like, damn, this dude had it all. What a fucking bum. But I think about that because we, well, there's two things. One, that's the question I dread uh, the most when my wife and I go places. Right. My wife has, like, she works for Corporate Marriott. She right. has a real job. I would tell you her job title. You'd be like, oh, yeah, you don't understand what the fuck she does. Totally. And everybody does. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you don't know what she totally. does. <laughs> but it's like identifiable because we can understand it's a giant company, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm like, I don't want to say it. Yeah. Because now it's, oh, they'll, first of all, they talk about fitness in a weird way. But I can't really describe it in a sense of like, well, I'm just like, I'm a trainer because it's not really true but it is true yeah um and i use the example like bobby flay is a chef and so is a guy at waffle house yeah they ain't the same bro yeah and neither are we but i sound like <laughs> a fuck face if i describe it that way and so i go there and that's what we identify as but why do we as i mean and this i'm just curious your thoughts yeah people we always ask like what do you do yeah we don't ask how happy are you sure we don't ask like what's your interest are it's like what do you do and then what we do is we associate that with some importance some education yes. and some money even though like now with the internet the scale is completely fucked there's doctors who never make the money that like we make in fitness and, yeah. and vice versa yeah but yet if someone says i'm a doctor well you're smart now your sister's a doctor and she's smart there's a lot of doctors i've met no offense they're dumb as shit absolutely but why we do that though? And yes. That's the first question we ask. Yes. Why is that? Because society, like as a whole, right? Not individuals. As a whole, we don't really like to think for ourselves, and we don't really like to feel for ourselves. We just want someone else to just give us the answers, so I can just move on. Like, no, 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 I don't want to figure this stuff. Out. Just, just tell me. Just let me know how it is. And or, you don't realize how conditioned you are until you live a life experience. And you go, holy shit, I'm screwed up. Like, I'm really, I'm really believing the shit that these people are telling me. I might need to start thinking and feeling for myself. And that's something that like that, that like, that's what I'm doing now. That's part of what this, this uh, pathway is, right? Because I got to the big leagues for a reason. Like, there's many reasons. But the main reason is because I started to understand this relationship between thinking and feeling, and I understood what this thing called vibration, attraction, and emotions actually means, where most people would just shoo that off. And that's cool if you enjoy your life. If you don't enjoy your life, if you're not truly happy, you might want to pay attention and listen in because there's actually a pathway to happiness if you just listen for a second. But it's crazy because we just kind of get in this routine and this, this is what people do. And it's absolutely it never made any sense to me. Like yeah. when I think about it and we go places and I meet people, I'm like, this is all bullshit. Yeah. Like a lot of it is, too. And we just get so you're like married to like the methodology yeah. of that. And it's just a weird. I, just, I think about it all the time when we meet someone. It's like I and I'll do it, too, here sometimes and almost to be like polite. Yeah. And not that I don't give a fuck because sure. I'm generally interested in what people do if it's interesting. Um, we got a guy here, shout out to D-Lo. He sells insurance, but like he used to work for Warner Brothers and like go pick up like 
cocaine and strippers for Def Leppard and shit, you know. And when he and he's fucking crazy when he comes in here, he wears his, his faces on his t-shirts. He's fucking nuts, That's bro. Awesome. But he his story is interesting in that way. It's not just like he sells insurance. That's not how I identify. I, that's what he does. Sure. But that's not what I marry him to. Yes. And yet we do that yeah. with our stuff. And so for you to get to the highest level, and it's like all of a sudden, well, well this is who I am. Yes. And then let it go. That yes. to me is like, it's a tough thing. It. To piggyback off it, there's a guy, his name is David Jack. These people listening know him. We call him Fitness Jesus because he's basically the closest fucking thing to Jesus that there is. <laughs> Beautiful human being. Like, he's a fucking genius. But he's just like, he gets it. Uh-huh. Um, he's even crazier than you. And what he asked me at dinner, he asked the kind of questions that you ask. Like, where we're at dinner um, with my buddy BJ Gadur and I, who does fitness like myself. And he goes, you know, if your body was taken away from you. He's like, would you guys be cool with it? Like, not like you're dead, but if you just didn't look yeah, yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, If and, you were 20 pounds overweight. Like, and, or just like a normal, like skinny, fat turd like sure. I used to be. And I sat there and I'm like, I want to be like, yeah, I'd be cool with it. But like, bro. No. It's, this is me. Yeah. Like I created this thing. And if it was taken away, I'm like, well, who the fuck am I now? Exactly. Like, and we even have people who call me. Hey, Jeremy Scott Fitness. That's not my fucking name. I mean, my name is Jeremy, but like fitness is not my real name. Like that, <laughs> people say like, that's like what people will say. Yeah. And because it's, it's synonymous. Yes. And I'd have a hard time detaching from that and just being like, well, I'm Jeremy the fucking banker. Yeah. That'd be rough, bro. Yeah. But you did it. Yeah. That's basically because I, I, you, I, you weren't happy. Yeah. Like I, well, I wasn't, it wasn't like I wasn't happy because like the things I was doing, like I was thrilled about, right? Like being able to create that dream. I mean, literally I created a dream. Like that was pretty cool. But it was like, but I don't think this is all of who I am. And I don't think this is the end for me. I don't think being a major league pitching coach is my end all be all in my life. I think there's something more for me. I think there's more, something more expansive, more whole, more real, more authentic. Because people don't understand like, and I'm not hating a guy like, if there was a good situation for me to go back to in baseball, like the relationships were legit, I was being trusted, I was allowed to do what I wanted to, I would fully, fully respect and look at that situation and may go back, okay? Yeah. But what I'm saying is is that the, 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 if you have a desire inside of you, you can't deny it. You can't let it go. And this is what's happening to most people these days is they have a desire but there's no belief that they can create it. They don't see the route to it. And so they squelch it or they make excuses, but they don't understand the desire will never go away. So you, you just have to keep numbing yourself because that's the only way that it goes. You think it goes away or you do something else. Or you distract yourself or you just literally get so unreal, so unauthentic. So you can't feel it anymore. Never goes away. You got no way to run from it. That's trippy, dude, that you say that. It makes sense, though. Like, because I, I mean, I feel it in the way, like, the way that you describe it. Because I'm like, I don't, I feel the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. where there's other shit I'm going to keep doing and evolving. Yes. Like, this business has changed so much, like, from when I started it to what it is now. I do so many things that, A, didn't exist five years ago, mm-hmm. that I get so much joy from and that have meaning and purpose for me, mm-hmm. where, yeah, I might be really good at this, like, fitness thing, but sometimes, like... If that's all I fucking did, no offense, everybody, I blow my fucking brains out, bro. Totally. Like, if I'm like, hey, what do you do? Well, I just teach jumping jacks for a living. <laughs> and, like, that's what I say to people just to fuck with them. <laughs> and it's like, it's it's part of what I do. I go, yes. but that's, a monkey can do 
those characteristics. Like the difference between coaches and the same thing with baseball too. I don't know, like obviously the levels you go up, it's different. Yeah. But the, the barrier entry exercises we do here, a monkey can do that. Mm -hmm. I can teach a 26 year old kid to teach you how to squat, push her, your heels back straight chest out. It's not complex. Sure. Getting you to understand why you need to squat and get you to Mm. consistently do it over time and the importance in your life. That's what I do. And that's, it's hard to, just like you, it's hard to describe that. But if that only died here in the gym, that's fine if that made me happy. But if that's all I use the gift for, I'm fucking wasting it. And that's what I feel like. And so that's exactly what I would say to you about being a professional pitching coach. If I was able to sit in that chair and have quality conversations with human beings about, hey, this is actually really how you're creating your reality. You think this is what's going on. You think this is what's going on, but actually this is what's going on. And hey, here's an easier path. Like here's your path to consistency. Then maybe I would still be there. But I don't think that was the place. That wasn't the chair to sit in for the things that I want to be discussing and I want to be growing in. But if you're on the outside, right? So now I could I could be a coach to many uh, athletes in all sorts of different sports in this chair, right? I could do it with business execs. I could do it with parents. I could do it with teens who are in trouble. I could do it in many different ways. That seems pretty cool, right? Because now I'm getting up in the morning in San Diego and maybe I decide to surf. Maybe I make my schedule the way I want to make it so I can go surf. I play a little, you play pickleball yet? Oh my God, bro. Do you know how addicted people are there to pickleball go. here? There what the go. fuck is that? There you go. How did that, when did that start? <laughs> I went, it I went way, way long. I ago. went years ago to, <laughs> so, oh my God, I'll tell a story. Quick. I went years ago to uh, uh, a friend's birthday party. I guess he, him and his wife will play. I had no fucking clue. Um, his, at the JW Desert Ridge up here. Mm-hmm. That's like the pickleball like headquarters, I guess mm-hmm. now. They have mm-hmm. like a coach there and everything. It's nuts. <laughs> so I go, and I'm like, what is this type of like fake ping pong tennis bullshit? Yes. Um, first of all, I don't understand the rules. One yes. serving two, super complex. Yes. And all of a sudden, like 30 minutes in, I'm like, and again, I'm just an athletic dude. I'm fucking crushing these people, bro. <laughs> like, I don't even know the rules. I'm just smashing this stuff. But we have clients here now. They build them in their backyards. Because the courts are so busy, they can't find places to play. Yes. So you play pickleball. I do. Four months in. No shit. Yes. Like on a team or something? No, no, no. So it's like open play. It's called the Bobby Riggs Center in, in San Diego, California. That's where you live in? Yeah. Nice, dude. In Solana Beach. Yeah. That's not... We, my wife and I go to Coronado a ton. Yeah, yeah. Coronado. Del, Hotel Del. Uh, awesome down there. It's not a Marriott, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a Hilton now. Uh, oh, yeah. They redid a lot of it. Super yes, nice. The Marriott's on the other side. Yeah. On the Bay side. But we'll go and stay. I love it there. Yeah. It's the taxes, bro. <laughs> what the fuck? See, so for me, like... I, it's too much. I don't even I don't even think about it. Because I just know what I want. And so I'm just going to focus on the things that feel the best about that. So I can go get it. Because I know that if I stay focused on that... I'll figure out a way to pay for the taxes. Yeah. Like that'll work itself out. It just so pisses me off to think about you it. You need a million a year. I'll, I'll need two million a year, but yeah. we're both making the same amount. Yeah. Because in the end, the taxes is taken from us anyways. And I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to flood my, my thoughts and feelings with that because that's not going to get me anywhere. No. Yeah. It just makes you salty. Like me thinking about it right now. Yeah. Makes you salty. Yeah. Because my wife's like, oh, we could live here. I'm like, we could, but I'm like, God damn, these guys want a lot of fucking money. This seems but see, like for me, I just think about I want to get in the ocean and surf. So that's it. This is where I'm going to live. I know. We yeah. talk about that. To me, and this has nothing to do with this podcast, the community of people. 
like during like the COVID shit for sure. And yeah. I've told this on here before. Yeah. Like, and I hate to say it, like business wise, even though I run a gym, it was like awesome for yeah. me because the internet and we just making all this fucking money. And yeah. I'm like, I'm here and I'm like, I did it. Like I, it was a sinking ship and I'm like, I'm going to fucking, <laughs> we're going to make this thing fucking go, bro. Yeah. Like everyone else can die. I'm going to fucking win. Nice. And so just John Wick every day here, I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> and like, so I'm making all this money, saddest I've ever been. Interesting. I never get sad, dude. Like, and, I'm, and I mean that sincerity. Like, I don't get sad. I don't dwell on old shit. I just don't give a fuck. I just want to play the game and just do my shit. Yep. And I would be here. And like, maybe our camera guy and my wife would come in. And I'm like, this is the saddest I've ever been in my adult wow. life. And I have the most money I've ever had. I'm healthy. My wife's a smoke show. All this fucking positive <laughs> shit, right? And I'm just like, but I wouldn't. And, you know, as humbling as it was, and I fucking hated doing it, but I loved it. I would meet these guys at a park at like 5 a.m. Because like COVID, you can't come to the gym without this horse yep. shit. Yep. So I'd meet the, the crazy people who would go at 5 a.m. at Cactus fucking Park. Yeah. And we do these terrible fucking workouts that like I yep. used to do 15 years ago. Mm. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, I hate that we have to be here, but that's the only like normalcy I felt. And that's when I really realized I'm like, wow, I can do whatever the fuck I want to do for money. I go, but I would miss the community of people more than anything. Like that's my shit. And I'm an introvert. Like I rarely do any people around me, but I'm like, if I didn't have this and I lived in Coronado and it was just like rich as hell, like I think I'd be sad. Yeah. Yeah. For me. For sure. And that's like knowing yourself, but I don't think a lot of people sometimes like, either are in the positions to understand that or like do enough self auditing to like, Hey man, what really makes you tick? Yeah, for sure. There's, there's probably zero to none, uh, self-reflection contemplation going on in life. And really like, that's something that you should check in on. Not, I won't say daily cause you don't want to grind and kill yourself on it, but once a month, once every two months, why not just take a look into your life, peer into it and go, Hey, what do I like? What do I don't like as much? And what are some of the things that I think I can change? So like when you were in your stuff, like, did you think at one point, like you'd be like a lifer in baseball? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Until I got to the big leagues. And then I was like, oh man, I started having thoughts of like, wow, is it, is there, is there something else? And like, is there more to life? Like I I would love to have a wife one day, you know, uh, is there a chance for me to have kids? Like, I don't know. You know, uh, is there a chance to go on a summer vacation? Like, I don't know. You know, these are all things I was like, I was just grinding in this, in this room, you know, in Anaheim in the stadium. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, what am I doing here? No one really even cares about winning in this organization. You know what I mean? And you don't have the control. No. Like that's the difference too. Like in, let's say my world, I can do whatever the fuck. Yeah. And I can take losses for like, we can start new projects. I can take a loss for months yes. and we can lose. It doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as I can swallow it personally, like it's yes. fine. And I have the control to change where you're in this machine, essentially. Yes. And you can only do so much. Yes. So the biggest thing that I'd say there is you have control of self. Always and forevermore, you have control of self. You have control of the way you want to think and you have control of the way you want to feel. And that really is your superpower. That's everybody's superpower. Because it really doesn't matter. And in no way, shape, or form do I want to be saying, like, they did something to me. No, 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 no. The angels fired me, but... I created that like that. The, the way it went down was the way it went down. But I knew there was something going on before it went down. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, is if I quit, I don't get the money for the two years. That's not the reason why I stayed. But I'm just saying yeah. it's interesting how I was fired and didn't quit. 
so that I could have that security for two years to really be able to be with me and understand what the heck I, do I want to do now? Like, where's my next step? So I don't have to make a decision from fear because most people are making decisions from paycheck to paycheck, which means they're making decisions about how am I going to eat? How am I going to put a roof over my head? That's a tough place to make decisions from. You know what I mean? Like when you talk about the law of attraction and stuff, people real quick and go, yeah, screw you, buddy. You had something in your bank account. You had a, 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 a home to go to go to, you know what I mean? So th this is a, not an easy conversation depending upon where you are stability wise in your life. Well, we, we always say like the people, it's like the reluctant entrepreneur, if yeah. you will. And you got the opportunity to do that. And we, I get the question 10, like, well, when you quit working, I had like one real job, I guess, if you call that, <laughs> um, I mean, not that this isn't real, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I was like 26 at the time. Um, I had bought a condo like mm -hmm. for peanuts cause the economy had melted. Mm -hmm. My wife has a real job and I had, I think $5,000. And at that time that's like 5 million for yes. me. So I can stretch that shit out for like yes. a year, bro. Yes. And I'm like, the way I looked at it was, I'm like, well, if I suck at this, I can always work at enterprise mm -hmm. and like I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have kids. I didn't have student loans. I didn't have a car payment. I didn't have these giant mortgages. Yes. And it's easy for me to do that. Now, if I had, and that's why I tell people, I'm like, well, if you don't like your job, I'm not telling you to quit, but I'm like, you have to figure it the fuck out. Cause I'm like, if you got three kids and these responsibilities, I can't tell you what to do because I'm not in that boat. I couldn't imagine that'd be like, I couldn't breathe if that was me. Yes. But I also know I couldn't wake up and be miserable as hell. Every for day. The and I think though, and like, I'm not knocking the generations before, but like my old man drove a truck for 33 years. Mm -hmm. Most miserable motherfucker you ever met. Like salty every day. Yep. Got fired finally. Yep. Worked for a company 33. It was rough for him for like a little while. Now it's like, I'm not saying, I mean, he's still Clint Eastwood from Grand Torino, but the happiest <laughs> Clint Eastwood from Grand Torino, there he you can go. be there you go. doing this other thing. And that's the best thing that ever happened to him. But I think he stayed because it's like, well, you have kids when you're 23. Yeah. You got two kids. You have no fucking money. Yes. This is your responsibility. This is what you signed up for. Yes. And there wasn't the internet and all the things that we have now. Yes. I do think it's easier. For sure. But still be super hard. Yes. Well, but the interesting thing is though, if you're stuck in your reality, there's no way out of that anyways. It really doesn't matter because it's just going to keep showing up anywhere you go. You can make a left turn, a right turn, whatever. If you're stuck in your reality and you're worried or pissed or judging or critical of the same things, you're just, that's the same thing that you just keep getting shown to you. And that's what's like your story. Yeah. It's the belief system of like when people are like, eh, if you're a kid, uh, they told you you're fat yeah. and now you're just a fat kid forever there you or go. you're stupid. There you go. Those are not, in my opinion... You don't have those thoughts naturally. Yeah. Because we have little kids that run around here. I've never met a three-year-old kid who's like, I'm fucking dumb. How about that? Like, I'm gross. How about My that? My legs are too big. Or I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sharing like what, like what women will share. Exactly. And, and dudes too. Yeah. Like, I'm too fat. I'm too slow. I'm too stupid. That's what somebody told you. You listened to it. Maybe you heard it multiple times. You adopted it. And now like you've married to that 20 years later and you have never let it go. It's like you didn't update the fucking technology. Yeah. You didn't do the, you didn't do your upgrade on your phone, but that's the whole deal is somewhere along that line. It's so funny how we live our lives, right? So we live our lives picking up everybody else's shit, our parents' shit, society's shit, everybody else's opinions. Okay. So we do that. And then there's a certain point in time, like this is most people, not all people, obviously. Yeah. Because some people naturally just freaking get it and they go, right? And they're fire. But so most of us, 
are just sifting through all that. Then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you go, what am I doing? And you could be 20 when you wake up. You could be 30, 40, 50. Some people are fucking 65 or some people never wake up, right? But basically you spent all that time going, I'm living autopilot. I'm in the matrix. I took the pill and I'm literally living what everyone else is telling me what to do. Then you wake up and go, this ain't working for me anymore. Then you spend the next however many years trying to get rid of all the shit that you picked up along the way so you can finally go enjoy life. It's like, what are we doing? There is a better way to do this. There has to be an educational system, some way, shape or form set up to help kids that are living in societies, in communities, that it's tough to not be surrounded by them and pick it up. But we have to find a way somehow, some way, because this is not working. None of this shit that we're doing on a regular basis is working. We have parents who are just like literally slicing and dicing up kids and not doing anything about themselves. Like literally just killing their kids but not doing anything to take a look at themselves and go, how did I create this young man or woman? How did this person come about? Why aren't they listening to anything I'm saying? Or why are they, you know, skipping school? Why are they doing drugs? Why are they da 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 It's like, hello, take a look in the mirror. How are you talking to them? How do you receive them? What, what's going on with you? What happened to you when you were a child? How are you being treated? So on and so forth. It's like some way you got to stop the chain of pain, right? Well, it, we always say like when you look at it, and we do this with fitness a lot because it's like it's easy to – wander into it's work yeah to, to do anything positive obviously sure. so it's easy to wander into debt yeah people do it every day yep. you look at most people what is 75 percent of people live like check to check yep so they're broke as fuck yep it's usually it's like the government obviously they're broke as shit yeah <laughs> i go but yet they're collecting more taxes than they've ever collected before that's not an income problem it's a budgeting problem yes but i can see how you wander into it and it's yes. not like if someone has 20 grand of credit card debt they didn't buy something for 20 grand 82 bucks here, 106 bucks here. And all of a sudden we find ourselves on the road. Absolutely. It's the same. Even friends of mine played in college, freak show athletes, 50 pounds heavier now. Yep. They into it in a year. Yep. Three, four pounds a year, every year, 15 years. Here we are. Yes. And it's like people get so busy. We say working like in their life, they don't get a chance to step back and work on their life. Yes. They can't even breathe. Yes. That's like a, the system is, and you don't have, that's why I say everything's fake. Like you yeah. don't have to play in this system. Yeah. Like you can what live in the, the world. What is the system though? Like, like, what, like. But it's like, it's the, well, here's what it is. Like, I'm going to go to school. Like, yeah. I'm going to get in debt for my college shit. Yeah. I'm going to get this fucking job. So yeah. I make this money. Yeah. I'm going to get in debt for, I'm going to buy this house. Yes. And then I'm going to buy this car. Yeah. And then as I kind of move up this chain, cause that's what I'm supposed to do. Yes. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I need a nicer house. Yeah. A nicer car. I got to yeah. take these vacations. I have to work more to be more successful. Yeah. And it's this fucking endless cycle of shit yeah. that. Honestly, like, first of all, nope. Again, we've already established nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. But that's what it is. Yeah. And it's so overwhelming by the time sometimes you're in it, you wake up, you're 42, and you're like, well, fuck. Yeah. I don't want to be doing this shit. And I think sometimes people look and go, I'm so deep in the game. How do I get out of this hole? Yes. Because you're living the reality in your head over and over and over and over again, and you don't feel like there is a way out. But somewhere along that line, your emotions were communicating with you. They were telling you what's going on, but you didn't want to listen. You didn't want to pay attention. So it got bigger 
And then you still didn't want to pay attention. So it got bigger. And now all of a sudden, yeah, now you're waking up at 42 with all this shit just piling on top of your shoulders. And you're like, okay, how do I get my, my relief? Where do I go get my relief? And that's why I'm talking to you now. Because I want people to understand how to go get your relief. Even if it's just a little droplet out of the sink at a time. Because your guys, like what you do now. So you you get done with sports. Yeah. You start, is it Soul Centered? Is that the name? Soul Centered Workshops is, yeah, one of the main gigs that I do right now. Explain that in a way in a way where people don't <laughs> aren't going to hang up right now. Or Abraham's right, you know? not showing up. Yeah, exactly. Talking shit. Exactly. I don't think. No, 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 not at all. Abe loves us. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, how does that work? Like, if it's like, hey, I'm so, going to go to this sweat lodge. and Yeah, exactly. You're going to put rub crystals on my forehead no. and shit. See, that's the coolest thing about it. It's like. It's the most, uh, the way we do it, because I, I do it with my partner, uh, Dusty Van Tilburg, right? And the way we set it up is so cool because it's like, it's a conversation. We're, we're not here doing these airy-fairy stuff. Like, you're, we're not trying to have you walk on hot coals, you know, balance on a finger, you know, like, it's simple. I've done, I've done the coal walk. <laughs> what do you think it's fucking bullshit yeah exactly it's fucking exactly. dumb just run over the freaking things well i will say this about <laughs> shout out to tony robbins uh yeah i fucking ran over it i'm not yeah. i'm a dumbass exactly like, i if you google the science behind that it's not fucking rockets yeah. it's fucking horseshit yeah um the guy's great but uh i will say this the most impressive thing about that dude is i don't think he got off stage to take a piss for like 11 fucking hours. That's, I mean, he's focused. I do a three-hour podcast. I'm about to pee in my fucking pants. Yeah, yeah. So, and he doesn't stop talking. He's locked in. It's impressive. Yeah. Like, I'll give him, like, he's found, figured something out. Oh, he's got some energy stream. It's a machine, though. Like, when you look, I don't think he's the best speaker. Yeah. By any means. Yeah. Um, You know who Eric Thomas is? I don't. Um, he Eric Thomas is probably, like, one of the best speakers in terms of content uh-huh. like in just the power in his belief system like i believe it mm. when he says it mm. um and i've been to all the other shit like different finance ones like dave ramsey chris hogan you name it yeah and i think et is better at speaking but the show of tony robbins it's a vegas show i bet and the the business system setup of upselling and downselling fucking genius I bet. bro I bet. like to sit there and watch that to me just because I run a business, it sure. was probably the most impressive thing. Yeah. To where there's a guy sitting next to me being like, hey, man, should I get the $10,000 a month fucking or whatever it is, business coaching? And I'm like, bro, you don't even have a business. <laughs> um, get on my email list. I'll give you some tips for free, dude. But when you see it because they get there, their physiology changes. Their state changes. It's freezing cold in the room. They keep people alert. They have them on their feet. They get them hyped in this moment, and then they're willing to buy anything. That to me is like – it's a different thing. It's impressive. You play into emotions. Yeah. I right? mean, I'm already in there like, but I walk in like, this is. Well, you're coming in prepped. Yeah. Like you already know what's going on. It's like when I went to Life Spring, you know, even as an 18 year old, I had my parents who already went. So there's a business side to it. You got to get people to come back for you to have a business. Yeah. So at the end of that Life Springs deal, they're, they're literally trying to manipulate you to bring people in that. If you can't bring these people in, what does that say about you? It's your fucking business. You bring people in. That's what it says about me. That's great, it's actually. T- it's totally okay for me to not bring anybody into your business. But thank you for the information. I'm going to take what resonated with me and go live the rest of my life. This is awesome. And I love what LifeSpring did to me, did for me. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's how I look at all those things. Like if I pay something like where, like financially for my wife and I, like we've obviously figured it out but i'm like 
I could say whatever to her, um, and she'd be like, you're fucking crazy. But then Dave Ramsey can say it, and he's a fucking genius. Sure. And I'm like, well, this is bullshit. Sure. I'm like, but I could drag her to a conference. I'm like, well, if I spend 300 bucks, <laughs> this is going to be like 300000 in the long run. So, like, I'm willing to do it. That's how I look at most of those things. If yes. I can pay money and get something from it, it's cool. Yes. It's always interesting to me just to see how it works. So, I'm not – Well, like, no, no, you're good. So, like, to be honest with you, like, uh, just on that point of finance, like, yeah. to be honest with you, we should be charging 20 times what we charge. Because the information we give you in a weekend, you can use for the rest of your life. It will never grow old. But. How big are the groups you do? Small. We go like six to 12. No shit. Oh, yeah. Because the 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 gist of it is. Is like all day, two days? Yeah, two days. 10 to 6, 10 to 4, a Saturday and a Sunday. That's where we are now. Like we're almost a year into what we've been doing. Okay. Right? We're a little bit short of a year of what we've been doing. So it's part part of this is we are we are evolving what we're doing and we, we want to know what we're doing is good for us, consistent with us, feels good to us. And then we also obviously want to make sure that the people that are coming are getting something out of it, which they are, but also that's up to them too at a certain point as well. You know what I'm saying? Like you're accountable for the things that you learn and you live and so on and so forth. Right. Well, it's, you do what everybody does that works just yes. in a different arena it's the same thing i do here yeah i can give you every single thing you need yes but if you leave here and you don't do any of the things yeah. i said to you it you doesn't fucking it. matter bro. exactly and it's in our world of fitness it's well this program didn't work for me yeah um no dude there's no holy fucking grail like yeah. movement works for everyone yeah if you think you need to jump to nine different programs i'm like that's not us that's you. It's like if you've been married six times. Yes. Bro, it ain't the, it ain't the women. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you have to have enough self-awareness to be like, hey, I'm the fucking problem yeah. here. Well, what's going on inside of me that I keep creating these marriages? Yeah. And so, they end up in this way. So who like who do you guys work with? Like everybody? Yeah. In every industry? Or who's like the normal? Do you have like a – is there a demo? No, to even? be honest with you, no. Like we've had pro athletes. We've had high up business execs. We've had HR, we've had life, other life coaches. For sure. We've had, I mean, like anyone and anyone, or anything that you could think of that someone's done for a living, we had in our workshops already in the seven months that we've been doing them, uh, which has been pretty special and pretty cool. Uh, we've even had clinical psychologists come in. You know what I mean? Like w w the people know that when we start speaking and we present the information, because you know, because it resonates at an emotion, you're viscerally feeling it inside of your body. It's undeniable. If you get something intellectually, cool, you're smart. If you get something viscerally, it's what my partner Dusty always says, it's wisdom. That's wisdom. For me, visceral is where you're going because it's that epiphany. It's that ownership now where if it just drapes your body, you're like, I own that now. Now I got that. Now I might screw up a little bit along the way, but I always can go back to that. I own that. But intellectually, if you're reading these books and you're listening to these podcasts, you don't own it yet. You literally have to live a life experience and viscerally have it soak in for you to own the thing. That's what we want people to have. So you mean like if like someone's listening and they're like, well, I listen to all these personal development podcasts. I read all these books. Yes. But my life still sucks shit. Yes. What's they're missing? They just can't connect the dots, or they can, they're not feeling what the thing is. They're For not, sure, they or they don't have the, you know, 
I always say like, for me, the worst things that ever happened in my life are the best things that ever happened in my life mm. in a fucked up way. Isn't that interesting? Like I'm good with them now. Please, yeah. I don't need any more. Yeah. Jesus or <laughs> unicorn tears, whoever the fuck, like I'm good, bro. Yeah. Like, but all the things when I look back, I'm like, that fucking sucked. And I probably wanted to kill myself at a couple of times. I'm like, yes. but it's the best things. Cause yes. now it's like, I see everything different. I have perspective on things I didn't have before. Like, again, I was a normal uh, dude, little fuck face, thought the world owed me everything, sure. just negative all the time. And like, absolutely. now I'm like the opposite, but because of these shit things. Yes. And is that kind of what you're saying? Is like, absolutely. So uh, it's the difference of is life happening, is life happening to me or for me? You benefit from everything that goes on in your life if you choose to step back and take the look, a look at it in that way, in that perspective, and you've done that naturally, that you literally just explain that word by word, where you had these shitty things happen, but then you took a look at it and you're like, okay, but I see how that connected the dot to that and connected the dot to that. Yes. And how it allowed me to go, hey, I don't want that anymore. So here's where I'm going to put my focus. But what most people do is, I don't want that anymore. And so let me keep grinding and talking about it, how it's not working and it never will. And I won't ever have enough money, blah, 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 blah. So the universe just keeps going, I guess that's what you want. Here's more of it. And that's what sings because the, the universe is responding to how you're feeling, not what you're saying. It's not responding to words. Well, I, the way I describe it is like, if I'm the like luckiest unlucky person, mm-hmm. Like maybe if shitty stuff happens, but I'm like, I don't ever think it's that bad. Yeah. Like no matter what it is. Yeah. Like I've told this on here before, uh, this dude broke in our house, like maybe like a month ago. Interesting. Um, he actually crawled through my dog door. Interesting. Yeah, fucking super trippy. And, uh. Were you home? Yeah. So. Wow. I'll tell it again real quick. So we, I picked my wife from the airport, um, dead fucking tired, fall asleep, forget to set the alarm. And then my dog door's little, though. Like, I couldn't fit through it. Obviously, this dude doesn't lift. So <laughs> he, he made it through. But um, uh, I wake up. Our neighbors end up calling us. My wife's car, I can see the police. And my wife's car's about halfway in the street, halfway in the driveway. And I can see, like, a dude getting taken out of the car face down. And it looks like her car. I don't got my contacts in. So I go out. My garage is open. And this cop's like, hey, do you know this dude? I'm like, nah, I know this fuck face. And he's like... <laughs> Uh, do you want to press charges? I'm like, yeah, bro. He's trying to steal my wife's car and shit. And so, like, he's sitting there. The guy's like, oh, just go back in. We'll come back and explain stuff. And then he knocks on the door, and he's like, well, did you leave the, the garage open and the keys in the car? I'm like, you know what, dude? I'm like, I picked her up from the airport. It was actually the day your sister was oh, on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, so I was super funny. fucking tired. So and uh, I'm like, maybe I did. I don't know. And yeah. he's like, okay, cool. We'll check. And talks to the dude. This guy's on drugs, obviously. He's homeless. I mean, I feel uh, bad for the guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, he's being real honest. He said he crawled through. Uh, your dog door wow. and uh, walk through my house gets to walks past my my truck keys a thousand dollars cash that I actually had there all of our camera computer equipment grabs my wife's shitty car keys from the table makes it like 50 feet before the cops like arrest them in the street and the weird thing about all that too was instead of like going through like our side gates at our house they're they're big and they look like they're locked they have a lock on them but mm-hmm. the pool guy they're open he actually stepped on the tire of my truck, stepped on the hood of my truck, jumped onto my roof, and then went all the way over my backyard and crawled through the dog door and then went and grabbed our shit, which is fucking crazy. Obviously, the guy is yeah, yeah, out of yeah, his mind. Not, yeah. And I will tell that story, and I go, that's the best case scenario because they catch him 50 feet from my garage. I go, we do own firearms, so we have 9 millimeters like in our bedroom. Like, 
two scenarios. One, I wake up and like wow. beat the fuck out of this dude because yeah. I don't know if he's trying to kill me. Sure. Or I shoot him and my life has changed oh, forever. Man. And it's not like deer hunting, bro. Yeah. That's different. I yeah. go, so it's just a great story for a podcast. And I'm fine and I feel okay. And now I remember to set my alarm, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I live in Scottsdale. It's not like I live in the fucking hood. Mm-hmm. But I look at that as like, that's a unlucky thing, but like mm. the luckiest way it could happen. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things like that where I think some people don't look at things like that. Yes. Oh, I'm so unlucky. I'm afraid now, whatever. They have these different feelings that they hold on to and they're married to. And they do yes. that with everything in life. Yeah. So when that, when that happened, when you were done with that experience... Because obviously that's a great way to look at it afterwards, right? But was there any any point in time that you sat there and went, "What what about that? Like, how did that come about? How did that? How did this dude decide to pick my house, do all that shit, and take my? I'll try to take my wife's car. Did you did you reflect on it at all? Well, I was just like, well, he started at the end of the street <laughs> to these ASU grad students who live there, and they were awake, and so they call the cops, and then he just keeps going door to door, and I was just the unlucky fuck face who had a dog door, I guess. But, like, why he would walk in and grab that of all the other stuff yeah. makes no sense to me yeah, at all. So that's the thing. So that's what, like, part of what we would discuss on that, right, is like, okay, there had to be something going on inside of you maybe it was your wife you never know right yeah energetically emotionally she just wants a new car maybe that's true i mean that might be fun. it could be as simple as that see that's that thing too where it's like people want to understand everything yeah so we put labels on everything and it's like we might be the farthest thing off of whether that is true or not but to be honest with you the way you handled it so where you didn't make a backstory you didn't make yourself wrong you didn't add to the equation. You just said, you know what? I'm pretty uh, 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 lucky, let's say, yeah. that that's how that went up. And and then did you allow it to kind of go out of your existence? like like, did, Or did you keep thinking about it? Did it scare you? You know what I mean? Were you talking about it a lot? No, I mean like that. Uh, well, the first time I told it, it was on the podcast here. Because mm-hmm. I don't like, it's like when it's my birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't come to work. You know why? I don't want the fucking attention. <laughs> My name's already on all the goddamn t-shirts. Yeah. I'm already an asshole. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see happy birthday, bro. So, like, I don't, I tell it on here because then they can listen to it when I'm not around. Yeah. Um, it was, like, trippy in the moment because I'm like, damn, some dude was in my house. Like, totally. And I'm like, I could have, like, fucking had a, like, murder him. Yeah. Like, that would have fucked up my life. Yeah. So I couldn't do what I wanted to do. But I just, it happened. I came here the next day. Yeah. Did a podcast, hung out at the pool. Like, it was yeah. a normal day. Like, I don't, I didn't hold on to it. Yeah. Because I'm like, it didn't matter. Super interesting. He's like, for me, like that's, that's an awesome thing that most people can't do in their life. But also seems to me like you don't split your energy much. Meaning like you're speaking how you speak from your heart and you're not worried about what anyone else is going to think or say or do from it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is who I am. I'm going to say it like this. You don't like it. Fuck you. I'm going to keep going. And so like, no. I don't think these things stick to you very much. You know what I'm saying? You could analyze it if you wanted to. But it's like, what good is that really going to do me? I'm rather, I'm just going to feel this way and keep going about my life and I'm good. But that's not what everybody else does. No. Well, it's like when, and I'll share this story too, just because it, it's happened here. I had a guy, one of the biggest construction companies that's like in North America, like they build all the real shit. And he was, and the weird thing is, is that, because like you do this in our role, it's almost like we're this third party where we're we're their friends but we're not their close friends Mm -hmm. so they can tell us real shit 
and they know no one else will find out mm-hmm. and there's no judgment and because I'm me and they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because these are people who are older who have found success, like high levels in their careers, yet will sometimes ask me, this dipshit who teaches jumping jacks for a living, what he thinks. <laughs> and so I'll, I'm, and again, I'm straight up honest because sure. I don't, because I don't give a fuck because yeah. we have that agreement. Yes. yes. And so he's going for the CEO role of this company. He's like, he, but he is the C, was he the COO at the time? But maybe would go to be the CEO, mm-hmm. but he's already super stressed. Mm-hmm. Life is just like, and he's, he's managing it in, well, in the way that he's managing it. Sure. He, he's functionally getting through it. Yeah. And he's like, what do you think? He goes, you know, it's between me and another guy. And I'm like, and I asked him like, well, does it really fucking matter, bro? Yeah. Like how much more money is it? Yeah. If it's another hundred grand a year, if it's another $200,000 a year, I go, but if it's going to steal your life happiness, is that worth it to yeah. you? And long story short, he doesn't get it. The other guy gets it. He comes to me, he's like, you know, thanks, man. He's like, it really, even though he went for it, he's like, it really worked out for the best. Long story short, his mom had had a heart attack, so him and his brother went in to go get checked. He goes in that day, and they're like, yeah, bro, you can't leave, dude. Wow. You have, like, whatever, like, the double Widowmaker thing would be. They're like, we're going to put some stints fucking in today. Wow. They're like, we're surprised you didn't have a heart attack and die. Changes how he eats, loses the weight. His life kind of, you know, moves in a different direction. And it's like, if you get that role... Do you take on the extra stress and just have a heart attack and be dead? Absolutely. And when he's asking me, though, if you're asking the guy who teaches you jumping jacks, if you should take this life-altering choice, you already fucking know you shouldn't. Sure. He already knows. Yes. But yet wants this confirmation from me or whoever else. Absolutely. Because he's not trusting himself because he's never asked himself. He's never checked in with his emotional guidance system, and he's just like, He's doing what everyone else says he's supposed to be doing to how he lives his life. But the reason why he's coming to you is because you hold something more than you talk about yourself about. Like you say the jumping jack thing, whatever, but you don't fucking believe any of that. You don't feel that way about yourself whatsoever. No, it's self-deprecating for the podcast. Exactly, exactly. Because there's no way we're sitting here and you have these things if that's truly how you feel about yourself. And you wouldn't have made these decisions in your life. No. taking you to these positions if that's really how you truly felt yeah well so that's why he's going to you well yeah people like your sister don't come on the podcast (laughs) talk to me there you go so when you guys are like talking to these people yeah it's like this the term we always say um we can talk like eq iq shit whatever sure um like emotional awareness yeah is that's like a so i don't like to say emotional intelligence and i don't like to say emotional or eq whatever that word is because again like all these are labels that science had to bring up to explain something. Yeah. And it's still missing the boat. Like right now, emotional awareness would be tapped as emotional regulation if you were in reading a scientific yeah. article. That's what it would be. Okay. But emotional awareness is just like, be aware of how you feel. That's it. Like, don't make it more complex than that. Yeah. Okay. Now what? Well, you got to figure out how to feel. So that's what we're spending. Like we give you the background. So we, we cut it up in five phases. First one is like, you got to know the foundation, the basis of it, because we're going to continue to drive it home the whole two days. So we have to give you a basis. Like every good coach gives you a foundation so you don't get confused. This is our foundation. So we talk about universal law, vibration, attraction, emotion, and we give you this, we call it the recipe to the super life. So that's what we talk about. Second part is, well, now what? Okay. So you know this. Okay. Well, you got to figure out what do you need to do every morning to get yourself in a feeling place to start your day. 
You want to, what we, we call pre-pave, you got to pre-pave your day. You got to get out ahead of it, right? So uh, what Dusty talks about all the time is energetic hygiene, right? So you're going to brush your teeth in the morning because if not, nobody's going to talk to you, at least not close to your face, right? True. You are going to stink. So it's the same deal for energy, except it's way more important. You should let your breath stink and do the energetic hygiene, right? So we do that. Then we talk about, well, life in real time. How do you deal with shit in real time? How do you deal with the adversity that comes up all day, every day? Okay, cool. So we discuss that. Then we talk about, well, how do I reflect on life? How do I contemplate on life without judgment? So how do I understand why or how or the what of my life? Cool. We help you with that. And then the last piece is, well, how do we put this all together and live in flow? Because being in flow is not being in the zone. Being in flow is how to ebb and flow. Like Bruce Lee says, be like water. Yep. That's it. Be like water. That's, that's how you should live your life, right? But what does that mean? And what's the energetics of that? And then what's the emotional place in that? And so on and so forth. And that's what we talk about. So for after that foundation piece, the rest of the weekend is how do we practice it in real time in life? And so our exercises are attempting to provoke emotions. Because if you don't understand how you're feeling, you can't navigate the waters. And so that's the, the biggest key. And that's what we talk about. So like a lot of the people, if they come, I mean, it's similar stuff to like how it, I mean, we call a lot of it self-auditing. Sure. Just like, hey. Absolutely. Here's what I'm doing. Yes. And for me, it's, I'm sim- again, I'm a fucking gorilla. Like <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm a simple dude. Like I really, I think about life in, in just like sensations and feelings. Beautiful. Like that's what it is like. You know, we're all this, we're fucking animals though, bro. Like yes. that's it. Like you like to fuck, you like to drink stuff, you like to eat stuff. <laughs> if it scratches, it's just, you know, like basic shit. Yeah. But that's all I chase all day. Yeah. Like I don't like, I like to be uncomfortable when I like to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's called fucking strength training. It's a miserable experience, but I love it in some masochistic way. I love mm-hmm. what it gives me and the challenge of it, whatever. Sure. But like, I like the coffee I like. I like the things I like. It's yep. really, it's really basic. And when you audit stuff, I'm like, if I'm not happy doing this, for extended periods of time, I don't want to keep fucking doing it. There you so go. So then I change it. There you go. Then there's, again, there's always stuff that every day is not going to be rainbows. Sure. And in a business too, or even fitness, there's things that you're going to have to do you don't like. I go with their means to an end and they're important part of the process. Yes. I think a lot of people just get up and they don't even ask the questions and they're just fucking miserable and they're like, they're just committed to the misery or a certain level of it forever and think that there's no way to change it. But you didn't commit to the story. You didn't get lost in your story. You found a way to look at it in a way to change the story. Most people wake up and if they do take the time to look, they're listening to the story in their head. And so they believe that to be real and it's not real. You made it real. And that's what they're not understanding. So You're literally living a physical experience, but it's because of a vibrational aspect that's making it physical. You have to remove yourself from your life in this way. You got to be an observer for a little bit. You got to like, my sister was going through some stuff recently. She, you know, hopefully she won't be pissed off that I'm saying this right now, but she's not here. So screw it. Right. I keep trying to tell her, Hey, Jen, Just take yourself out of the physical experience of it because you can't change that now. It's past. It's already happened. So cool. Take yourself out of it. Now, how do you want to look at it? Without the attachment of the motion and being lost and having lack of clarity, how do you want to look at it from this outside perspective? 
because how you feel about it now from this outside perspective will help actually change the physical experience moving forward. It can't change what already happened. It's done with. But how are you feeling from that? If you keep telling yourself the same story, you can't change the feeling place. If you can't change the feeling place, you'll never change that physical experience. And most of the stuff, like when you guys meet people and talk to them and we hear it here, it's like, it's just a past belief system that they can't let go. Absolutely. A false premise belief. Shit that is so untrue, but for whatever you reason you picked it up. But here's the funny thing about this. People die for their beliefs, right? These false premises. Yeah. If it doesn't feel good, that belief, that false premise, it's because you've upgraded enough. That shit ain't working for you anymore. Just drop the belief and pick up this new one, the one that actually feels good. A belief is just a thought you keep thinking, right? You literally, if you look in the dictionary for a belief, you have to accept it. It literally says an acceptance of a thought. That's what a belief is. So stop accepting what doesn't feel good to you anymore and accept something else. Well, it's weird because like your thoughts, you think your thoughts are right, obviously, because that's why you think them. You want to freaking just defend them. Well, yeah. Well, you wouldn't think them, you wouldn't wake up and think wrong shit all day. This is not what we do. So your thoughts are your thoughts and they are your reality. But how are they working out for you? Well, that's what I mean. Like, but you may, again, I'll use example, like some like, they'll talk about, they got divorced 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, dude, that sucks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? 20 years ago. It's like if I got punched in the face like on Monday <laughs> and I'm laying on the ground for like five minutes. That happens, right? Sure. If I'm still fucking laying there Friday, bro, there's a problem. Yes. But that's what people do every day. Yes. And it's like, what? what is that? Like, is there just a thing naturally people just do that and some people just like, fuck it, don't? I, it's just a habit of that we form. It's this pattern and this habit that we, we form. And then it's it's it makes it easier to just keep doing that than to step outside and go, what's not working about this pattern? What doesn't feel good anymore about this pattern? And then make another decision. But don't make the decision to change something. Make the decision because you want to feel better. Don't make the decision because you need to fix something. Make the decision just because you know you'll feel better if you can do it. That's it. It's weird because like when you hear stuff like, and I'll use, I use my old man as the example just because he fits for today. He would, <laughs> you know, it's a typical Midwest, you know, kind of the, that era of dude where he's in his sixties. Totally. And it's just like, you got a problem, you just fucking swallow it, bro. Totally. Like that's it. Like the madman type shit. And uh, I probably still do that with a lot of things. And sure. I'm like, it's Most worked, do. It's worked out so far. Yeah. Um, until like one day I just fucking lose it, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but like when I think about it, he would always be, you know, this, he would have this story of, and it's, it's obviously changed now as he's older, but when I'm a kid, I remember, you know, we didn't have any money. You're just in this like very blue collar, like grinding kind of, you know, family. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you, you grow up, you know, you get in debt for a house yep, yep. and your car, and then maybe you can save enough bucks to retire and then you fucking die. Like that was the belief system that he had. And now I'm, you know, not even 40 years old and none of that is fucking true for me. And I would hear it though at a young age and I'm like, maybe kind of think it's true. And then at some point, like maybe even before I moved here, and this is straight up truth. Sure. Before I moved here, I, w I would think about like buying a home, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, where I grew up, like a house is like 50 grand, you know, but, or maybe a hundred now. Yeah. And uh, when I got here, I'm like, well, okay, if a house is like, 
$300,000. I'm like, how the fuck am I going to save $60,000 and then like have a house payment and pay on like 240? That seems like 2 billion to me. And now it's like fucking laughable nice. to me, but that was my belief for yeah. so long. And then one day, like, I don't know what the fuck it was. I'm like, you know what? If other people are doing it, like, fuck it, dude. Like I can do it too. Cause I'm like, they can't be that much fucking smarter than me. There's no, <laughs> like, I'm a fucking dummy. I get it. But they can't be like genius level. And my, this is the truth. I wake up at 350 every day, every fucking day. I never miss a day. Wow. And I always told myself, I'm like, well, geniuses wake up at eight. So your sister can get up at eight. That's cool. <laughs> If I get up at fucking four, I got four hours every day. Oh my god! I can catch up, You're and I gnarly. can and I can crush her. You're and here the fuck I am, right? So then she comes on my podcast. I don't go on hers. Things like that, like, but that changed for me because at some point I felt like hopeless, like it wouldn't happen. I think a lot of people think that of like, of their fitness, of of finding a husband or wife, or of a career or whatever, and. I don't say like, just because I did it, you can do it. Cause I don't believe that shit. We all have unique gifts and talents. I go, yeah. but there's something to be said about if you have not an unrealistic belief yeah. in yourself, yeah. but if you feel something yeah. like I felt like I could do this thing. I don't know what the fuck that thing was. It's turned out to be this weird hodgepodge of shit, but I felt that, Yeah. but I was willing to like question and be like, this can't be what the fuck is it's going to be for me. That's what I'm saying. And that, but that's, that is life. My dad you know, I just talked to him this morning before we got here, right? My dad's like 77, okay? My dad's just like yours in the way of like, this is how I live. This is how I was brought up. So basically, he's just been brought up on a fear-based life, okay? And we literally have conversations all the time about this stuff because he wants to learn more of what we're talking about, right? What I'm talking about with the vibration, traction, emotions, because first of all, it resonates with him. He knows it feels better than being fearful, and he's tired of the cycle. He's tired of waking up every morning, understanding there's no reason that he should be fearful of anything because he's retired at 77. He has his home. Everything's paid off. He's got plenty of money and investments. Like he could live it out, do nothing for the rest of his days and live it out and be just fine. Yeah. Okay. But he still wakes up and has fear based on just the habit, the habit of thought, the habit of thought, the habit of thought. What's that but, like the news or something or like, well, that's part of it. But it's like, again, if you don't make a decision to believe or think something else, you're just going to keep up with the grind. So you, just like you said, you made a decision. You're like, this can't be it. And not only can it not be it, I'm a witness that in physical life, there's people doing it. So that's, uh, that's all the proof I need. So it's like, it's like, there's two ways to go about things. You can either like emotionally feel it right before it comes or you can physically see it show up, right? But if, you, if you're wanting a home and you don't feel you have any access to it, how do you like, you can't physically manifest it, right? You don't have no belief in it. So you do sometimes need to look at others and what they have and go, okay, at least I know it's possible. If it showed up that way in the universe, has to be available. Has to be available. It doesn't just show up. And like, what is a lot of that stuff? Like, just the personal accountability, like of you, like understanding, like, hey, like this is on me to change, like what's going on. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because then you 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 want to know, like, you gotta believe, like, that you are creating your reality. You're responsible for the life you're living. And sometimes people wake up and go. Well, I hate my life. 
And so they never want to take a look at it because if they know they're responsible for their own life, that doesn't feel very good. But why can't you think about it the other way? Oh shit, I'm responsible for my life. I create my reality. Awesome. That means I do have an opportunity to create something. So it's that duality. Which way are you looking at it? Because both are true. Just You just got to shift. Which one do you want? And then you shift. And then, okay, so start thinking like what this is. What does this feel like to you? What do you think you need to think like to have this? What do you think you need to feel like to have this? And then things start showing up. Conversations happen. You run into the right person at the right time, so on and so forth, like a cascade of events. I, I had this, uh, so I'm, 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 I'm working on this app deal, right? I've kind of chilled on it, but uh, it was called Soul Centered App, right? And what I was going to do is, what I'm thinking about doing is creating this app based around emotional awareness, right? Yeah. So what you do is you have this uh, deal of emotional education. You have these modalities to help shift your mood or sustain your mood, you know, depending on what's going on. And then you have this habit change on there. So you, you're able to create routines, okay? So we have this, this whole science art deal together on one app that I feel like can totally shift how people go about living their lives, right? So like meditation is a tool. It's not a way of life. It's a tool that you use. There's many tools, there's yoga, there's running, there's walking, there's lifting, there's, there's nature, there's drinking water. Like those are all tools, right? Yeah. So, okay. So I have these thoughts and I'm like, man, okay. So how am I going to create this thing? You know, blah, blah, blah. So I, sometimes I get in my head and I feel the struggle and I feel the resistance. So I stop thinking about it. Sometimes I get in this place of like, man, this feels really good. I get in this stream and I'm like, I get these ideas, right? Okay, cool. No problem. So now I'm, I'm on this basis of like, well, how am I, how am I going to bring like investors in? What's a way to kind of lure them in? You think, well, brand ambassador would be nice, right? That'd be cool. Okay. So I live in San Diego, right? And, uh, there's this, this icon server. I won't say his name because we're not, you know, we're not in a deal with each other. Nothing like that. I'm just telling you this story, right? Yeah. Okay. So for like five years, I've been seeing him around North County, San Diego. Um, uh, when I was in baseball, right? I see him chasing his kids up and down the street i saw him like on the beach i watched one of his documentaries said hello to him yada yada he doesn't know who i am you know whatever so i start this app deal right i get this business plan going and i'm thinking to myself man you know what he'd be the best brand ambassador ever for this like in this surfing community because i'm in love with the surfing community i would love to coach in that surfing community yada 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 so i've been thinking about him since i started the idea and this has been like two years now right year and a half to two years I'm like, that guy would be the best. Okay, so the story is uh, I have a young lady who's helping me with the managing part of getting the business plan together, talking to the right people, right time, right place to get investments, whatever, whatever. She plays pickleball. Her husband, or to be, you know, fiance, plays pickleball. And one morning she said, hey, Dougie, why don't you come and play pickleball with us? We need a fourth. So that sounds cool. So I show up at the pickleball place and the surfer's there no shit shaking my hand i'm like that's fucking cool but so how did that come about i didn't know these people knew this guy i didn't know you know what i'm saying so but i let it go i'm like that's cool i'm gonna just marinate on this for a little bit i'm gonna let that go a month or two later i said hey let's get a meeting with him like you know let's start the thing because i I think this will be really good 
sat with him, had an hour conversation with him, loves the idea, introduced me to two more people. We're having conversations. He's open to maybe being a brand ambassador, and, and that's how it goes. Pickleball? You know what I'm saying? Like, I have, I have never played pickleball. I just started pickleball four months ago. That's crazy. I was like two and a half months into the deal. I didn't know they knew him. I didn't, you know what I mean? It's like, but how does that come about? You can't think your way to that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That is a feeling that comes and then, and then, and then it builds on and then it builds on and then builds and then all of a sudden it shows up and you're like, I knew that was going to happen. It's kind of trippy, like how all that shit. Like, can, like, we are like, this is, and I'll just tie it because you said app. Like, we have an app. It just, yeah, it's like week number three. Yeah. And long story short, um, the girl who like helped me like do like the onboarding or at least like to even take the call. Cause at this point, I get a lot of phone calls. Most of them are fucking horseshit. Um, <laughs> and a lot of emails like, hey, man, we want to help you. What basically what they mean is like, we want to siphon money off yeah, you. Yeah, totally. You'll make us a bunch. We'll yeah. kick you some. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. fuck you, dude. Um, and most of this stuff is horseshit. Yeah. And so she gets me, let's like, take this call. I'm getting on the meeting like it's a Zoom call. And these, these guys are, you know, gassing me up, telling me how fucking great I am. I don't know if that's real or not. Like, who knows? Sure, you know? sure. Um, but I've known her from men's health forever she was the girl who would like run all the athletes like way back in the day so like call my phone set up all my stuff so i trust her and i have this thing the guy who now is in charge of our stuff like is also a guy that i knew from men's health who's come here a million times like he's been around like we've had this circle of people but we're connected Mm -hmm. in this weird kind of ring Mm -hmm. and i had no clue he was there i had no clue she was there i probably wouldn't have even done it if they weren't there but now like if it goes the way I think it'll go, like it will change my trajectory of my life probably forever. Mm. And I'm like, it's just this weird thing. But like, obviously like they're good people. I'm a good person. Like we've all worked together, but it's just a strange, like how that all connects and comes full circle. Cause I probably hadn't talked to her in like in person. Fuck dude. Four years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But it, there it was. How did I know my path to the big leagues was going to be doing that talk? Come on, if, man. The farthest thing. Cause if you never, if you never do it, yeah, but be, and and I chose that topic, which I never had to choose. I've been scared shitless up to that time to choose it, and, but I had nothing to lose at that point in time. I'm like, forget it. But that's the thing. It's like people have to get to this point of nothing to lose. Like, for example, how do people cure themselves of cancer? They do this natural medicine stuff, right? This naturopathic stuff, right? How do they cure it? Because they're on their deathbed and they're like, I got nothing to lose. So they release all resistance to this stuff that they thought was bullshit. They lose all resistance to it and they accept it. This is going to help me. This is going to assist me. And they believe it. And guess what? It does. doesn't work that way for everybody. But for the people that it works for, that's exactly the recipe. But we don't have to get to deathbed cancer to, to release the resistance to enjoy the life. You don't have to do that way. That's what we teach. And like a lot of this stuff, like if I just, if I guess like, is it because people give a shit so much of like what other people think and they hold on to these things and it's this, it's like your avatar. It's yeah. like social media. Like it's, yeah. we try to make ours real, but it's still curated. Like, do I really work out like with the shirt off and the sun shining on me? Fuck no. I look that's <laughs> listening. That's an, I look like an asshole. I go, but. <laughs> Like, if you look at the analytics, like, it's what makes money. Uh, and, like, we don't film every video like that, but we game it a little bit. I'm like, sure. 
and it's part of the game yeah. of that. I go, but if you come here and meet me, like, that's not what I do. Yeah. Like, that's not what it is. Yeah. But I also don't give a fuck. If you yeah. think I'm a douche, it doesn't matter. I'm yeah. going to bang my shit either way. Yeah. Where I think some people, if you read the comments that we get, it would, cru- it would crush them. They would quit. They'd never post again. They'd get off. They'd care what their mom, their dad, their friends think, whatever. Where, like, I just never really give a fuck. For whatever, if I have a superpower, that's it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Where I think a lot of people, if, and I'm generalizing here, the biggest thing that holds them back is, like, they just, the judgment, they care so much. Absolutely. And, like, then they just can't, but then they can't let go. Yeah. And then, like, we're just going to hang on to this, and this is how it's going to be. Yeah. Which is really strange to me. Yeah. It's strange to you because you've somehow, some way built this, this belief about that's how I want to think and feel about myself. And I'm not, I'm not going to let outside circumstances dictate how I feel about myself. Cause then I wouldn't do anything though. Exactly. If I cared, I wouldn't, I would why never do, you, do this. Why do you think all those people are living the way they're living? Because they, the, 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 those thoughts just, they just lock you up. You can't move. Like everyone says, I'm stuck. I'm this, no, you're not. <laughs> it's, there is no stuck in a vibrational world. But that's like learned behavior. Absolutely. Because like, a, and I always Absolutely go to like, a, like Monica has three kids who works for me. And I think Kobe's like three. Mm. He's great. And he, but he's a terrorist mm-hmm. um, <laughs> at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're great. And totally. then they turn and I'm like, Jesus, get this kid out of here. <laughs> but he doesn't give a fuck yeah. about what he wears, yes. what he says, yeah. what he does. It doesn't matter. At some point though, that changes. Yes. And I don't know when that is for people. Is it eight? Is it 10? Like where we have certain rules, right? In society where like we all go to the airport. We all stand in line. We don't scream. We don't kick each other. And some of the rules are, are, are good, right? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. you know, we haven't burned each other's fucking houses down. Like yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. like killing each other and chopping heads off, at least yeah. in America, like we used to. Yeah. But in a, one positive sense, that's good. But then in one way, it's like, well, now we tell people, sit down, sit in your chair, shut the fuck up, don't talk, don't move. You all learn the same eight subjects, and this is the grades you're supposed to get, and this is how we go through school. I'll take education because I fucking hated school. Yeah. Um, and it gave me anxiety all the time. And I didn't know what anxiety was. I just mm. thought it was like the Sunday sickness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hated fucking Sundays because of it. Interesting. And I felt that way in my corporate job too. That's why I fucking quit. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm never feeling that shit ever yeah. again. But when you look at it, it's like, why would I learn these eight subjects when I don't give a fuck about most of them? Totally. Agree. And in the real world, that's not how we work anyway. Never. I'm only going to be good at maybe one thing. Yes. If I can be good at the one thing, if yeah. I give my time to it, I can't be good at nine fucking things. Yeah. But then you have these kids where it's like, well, don't talk, don't be creative, don't, and this is what it is. And now it's like they get married to those things and some people never look, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the school. It's absolutely what it is. Well, I mean, again, it's or part of it, what, whatever makes up your society, like your ecosystem of society. So if school is part of that ecosystem, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. But it's like, did you ever have that moment of time? Cause I had this like vividly, I was 17 years old working at the hideaway restaurant in Sedona, Arizona. I'm the host at the hostess stand, right? Host stand, right? Nice. Okay. I'm on the phone. With my dad, and I ask him a question. He answers it. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. I hang up the phone and I go, oh, no, my dad doesn't know everything. What the fuck am I going to do with my life? Because I thought my parents knew everything up until that point in time. Now, I'm 17. Like, I'm sure most people figure that shit out a lot sooner. Yeah. But I had that vivid thought at that point in time where I hung up my phone. The sooner you find out as a young person nobody has it figured out that's when you start living your life if you don't figure that out 
it's going to be a little while. Yeah. I mean, that – well, I always say, like, we're all eternally, like, 17. Like, that's how I – like, in my brain – like, you know, like, the Matrix, right? Yeah. Like, Neo sees himself as whatever. Like, in his, <laughs> I see myself as the kid with the hoodie and Jordan's yeah. on going to high school, and I'm yeah. fucking 17 eternally. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm smarter and I have more responsibilities now. Yeah. But I'm the same fucking dude. Yeah. And this is all made up shit as it goes. And that's what I would tell anybody. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I don't have it figured out, bro. Yeah. You just keep making decisions. But, like, when I was a kid, to your point, like, uh, maybe I believed it until – yeah, probably uh, maybe even older than that. Because, like, I never thought a different life was possible for yeah. me. Maybe because I never saw it. Yeah. Because as a kid, I never saw there is, first of all, fitness isn't a fucking thing. Yeah. There's not a podcast. There's yeah. not anything. And I didn't grow up around, like, millionaires. Yeah. I didn't grow up around people who were living, everyone kind of lived the same blue collar factory life. And I'm like, well, and literally, and I mean this all sincerity, I got my first job and I'm like, well, even if my job fucking sucks, nine to five, I can still lift and like be shredded because that's important <laughs> to me. That's important to me because like that was the extension of my sports because oh, like awesome. basketball's done. So this is like my new practice. Mm. So I'm going to keep living the same kind of life. Mm. I hated school. So I'll just hate my work, mm. but I love basketball and I love being fit. So that's what I'll do. And I'll just enjoy the weekends. Mm. And it probably took me and I probably cared about my corporate job for about six months mm-hmm. until I got just jaded by it and i thought like these metrics i'm being held to are fucking stupid yeah um they're unattainable they're not realistic and i'm like no i can't do this man because if i'm gonna hate my life for a majority of it when you figure out percentages if if your work life is not mine is now it's like 100 percent my life but back then it's probably like 65 percent of your existence is work my life sucks dude because i'm wishing away five sevenths of it and that was probably yeah 20 probably 24 25 yeah I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. And that's what most people are doing. Unless they make a conscious decision or they have that awareness some point in their life that it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't, 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 doesn't. The universe will respond to you if you just pick up the phone, man. Well, it's crazy too because like with technology now, like, and I'm not trying to make a pass if it's like 1975. I never lived through that, so I don't know. Sure. And the, the world is just different. But now it's like you have... In this fucking phone, yeah. Like this is more than the president used to have to run the fucking country twenty five years ago. Yeah. You can do it. Like you're a genius with this phone. First yes. of all, you're a dummy without it. I mean, you know, what I'm saying like, I don't know if I get to Gilbert without the phone, but if I put it in the phone. I know where <laughs> I'm going. My point is like, you can connect with. And I remember like when you talk about going door to door. When I started this business, we're down the street. There was no Instagram. There was none of this. Like Facebook was like I had a business page, but people thought I was a fucking loser because I had one. They're like, oh, you do fitness, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and so we'd go door to door with these flyers like, hey, come to Jeremy Scott Fitness. Yeah. What a shitty name, first yeah. of all. And then I promise you, when I walked out the door, they threw those fucking bitches in the trash. For sure. And they're like, no, nah, we're not going there. Yeah. And I would do maybe 10 a day before I got too discouraged and yes. felt like a loser and I quit. Yes. Now, I can talk to a million people in a day. Yeah. Now, even if you don't have anybody who follows your shit, if you can talk to 50 people at once, dude, do you realize the power that would be in 1970, yeah. 1985, 1996? You can change your station with the technology that's available. Like I don't like a lot of things on social media and a lot of things with technology, but sure. the amount of opportunity that exists now to change your life is in there. In an instant. Yes. In an instant. If yeah. you're willing to just learn a skill or do something to help people. Or if you are passionate enough about something, yeah. like I don't care if it's fucking Ninja Turtles or whatever it is, like there's a market for it, dude. 
Yeah, people are making money off of like YouTube videos or whatever. Like, like the, there's a dude on 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 TV do, doing commercials. He's the angry response guy from TikTok. He's in a he's in the Dorito commercial, whatever commercial it is. Well, who's the real kid there? Uh, I had a couple on here. That's all I do is YouTube. Uh, but who's the kid? Uh, Ryan's Toys. I don't What's know. What's that kid do? Your twenty million? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my uh, it's I think something gnarly. my sister and her husband ran into somebody who's. Doing that YouTube kids deal, yeah, yeah, and trying to like redo that whole thing to make sure you know that the stuff that's on there is all kids safe and yada yada yada. And now they're paying kids twenty million dollars yeah. to give them uh, content. And the kid opens up presents. There you go. And it's like presents that your kid ain't never gonna get. There you go. And I like. So don't tell me you can't get paid for doing what you want to do. Well, when you say that, because I and this is a whole different topic, but I just need to say it because it just bothers me. <laughs> so like this, imagine like watching a kid open up a bunch of presents that you're never gonna get. Seems pretty fucking dumb, right? Especially for me. Like when I was a kid, we didn't have any money, so I wasn't gonna get these presents. So I wouldn't watch <laughs> some other asshole do it. I'd be like, totally. I would hate him. And I'm like, why would kids do that? And then I thought about it, and I go home, and I love my wife. And she's watching like HGTV, and it's like some $10 million house in Malibu. And she's watching these people decorate a house that she ain't never going to live in, and she's never going to buy. And I'm like, fucking A, bro. That's that whole channel is basically that. Like, we watch these things. It's a weird thing. It has nothing to do with this podcast. But it well, just. But it, it actually does. It baffles me. But it actually does because you could watch that channel and have it completely destroy you on the inside, or you could watch that channel and dream. Yeah. And you could watch that channel and enjoy it. And you not even being aware of it, the universe is responding to how you're feeling about you watching that. So if those kids watch those kids get like some, I don't know, some truck, you know, some dump truck or yeah. some little speed race or whatever frick it is, right? Yeah. And they go, wow, that'd be so cool. I'm going to have one of those one day. That shit's coming. Something's coming for you as opposed to. My mom and daddy never give me that shit. We don't have the money, blah, 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 blah. It's just I mean, that's, two different belief systems. That's the belief system. It's like when, the what's the one? Who's the dude? You probably know him. What is it? The soot guru? Like that dude? Oh, soot guru, yes. He's How fucking. How about his life? That dude's fucking gnarly, Holy right? Holy Lord. I just, I've seen his stuff on Instagram a, a few times. I just listened to one podcast he did. It was about soil. <laughs> that was interesting. Like, where he's like the soil is shit. He's trying to like make the soil better in the world. Interesting. Um, but the one thing, like he did say one thing where it was like, the language thing got me where he's like, someone could call you like a piece of shit. Yes. Right. And you're all fucking salty about it. Yes. Or we could say it in Russian. And if you don't understand Russian, like you don't feel any kind of way about it. And he's basically like, it's just, you made yourself feel that way. Yes. Nobody else did. Yes. It's like where the internet, people tell me I'm a piece of shit every day, um, which is fine. Yeah. But I don't fucking know you, bro. Exactly. You watch my life. I don't watch yours. That's more of like a fuck face thing. Cause I'm like comparing totally. I go, but it doesn't bother me. Yes. Where if, like, let's say my wife read that, yeah. I think it would crush her. Yeah. Like, because, like, she gives a shit. For sure. More than I do. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm, I'm still not at the level, vibrationally, where I feel like... Like, if someone went on your Instagram today and said, dude, you're a piece of shit, you're yeah. a snake oil salesman, would yeah. it bug you? Because <sighs> it's happened one time on Facebook. You know, some lady was like, step out of the ego and then and then try again or some shit like that. And I was like... What? How yeah. could you say such a thing? And then I thought about it for 10 minutes and I was like, all right, I'm good. But but if I got a string of those, yeah. I might I might start believing a little bit of it. I might have to take a step back until I like like put my feet on the ground, stand up and go, Dougie, you know what's going on. Look at the life you've created for yourself. Yeah. From this belief system, you're good. All is well. Move on. I just I ask because like the bigger 
like if your stuff, if you guys keep doing these, like yeah. you keep doing the conferences and more people go, yeah, the bigger it gets. It's just percentages. Yeah, like it's gonna happen. Oh, for sure. And I, I I tell Dusty, I'm like, I'm waiting for somebody to not come back after a lunch break. I'm waiting for that to happen. I kind of want it to happen because I want to laugh because I think it'll be great. Well, they just think you suck so bad. <laughs> like we're gonna fucking like, keep the money. We we're we're come, done. We can't come back. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's well. If you look at the greatest things in the world, like even like if there's a product on Amazon, like if this is cold brew coffee, then it's got twenty thousand reviews. Sure, eight hundred of them are negative. Totally, but twenty thousand are positive. Totally. I and again, I do it. Maybe it's ego too, where if someone's like Jeremy, you suck. I generally listen to it. Yeah. And then about ten seconds later, I'm like. Nah, bro. No, I'm, I'm fucking awesome. Yeah. You suck. Yeah. And then I just I keep, I keep it moving. I go, I, you might not like me. Yeah. And you might not be the thing. I go, but what I'm delivering like is a real thing. There you go. It just might not be for you. And you're just saying it in a way that, yes. that that's how you feel. Yes. But a lot of people that can't take that, that bothers them. Yes. And that, that stifles their creativity and it limits them from trying new things. And I think for, in a, um, this is for all creators out there. If you get that, and I mean this. You haven't even scratched the surface of being good until at least like 50 people tell you, you suck shit, dude. Yeah. Because that's when you're like really making it, dude. And I mean that. Yeah. Like it's, it maybe there's a bunch of haters out there in the world. Well, that's just like, and I use men's health as the example because like sometimes those videos would be like 10 million people will see them. Yeah. Bro, you know the numbers. And it's just do they're critiquing your body, how you talk, everything. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the information that you're providing or anything. It's no. literally just looking at your toe. Yeah. And they're Come like, on, man. That's a big toe, dude. Like What's you the suck, dude. Yeah. Like, like clip your toenails. Why do you move your hands this way? Like yeah, whatever the fuck it is. Exactly. I'm like, but that's just them. Yes. And you can't own that. But a, a lot of people do. And I don't want people to not try stuff or do things because your husband or wife or your, even your family sometimes will think it's dumb or it's not going to work. And that stifles people yeah. to do things. Yeah. Well, I think I, I, I firmly believe that's kind of where I'm moving towards because again, like outside of baseball, like I'm, I'm finding a life away outside of baseball, but I still want to have a big life. I, I still want to have the successes and the accomplishments that I want, that I feel good about. I don't, I'm not worried about what anyone else thinks is success or accomplishment. Blah, blah, blah. I know my own definition, my own way of that. I know what my desires are. Right? Do you like have a success definition that like that, like that you say to yourself or like how you, you just generally think about it in a certain way? So, I mean, if I'm being honest, what I want my success definition to be is my ability to be in alignment as constant, consistently as possible. So basically my ability to feel good as much as possible because I know the consequence of that is all the shit I could ever imagine and more is coming at my door if that's the, the, the place I can be at. But it also feels good to feel good. Like I'd rather just feel good. And so my life is successful on that. But that thing is, just like you said, how you don't care what people think about you there's so many things you have to let go of, you know, take unhook the chains of to be able to be in that place of consistent happiness because happiness is an inside job. That's, you know, that's that corny bumper sticker, right? It's true though. But it's, it's absolutely yeah. true. So my job right now for me is how good can I be to myself? How nice can I treat myself? How well can I soothe myself? period, every day, all day, because I go, I mean, I even feel guilty sometimes in moments, in moments about the way I'm living my life right now. I'm creating a schedule that's amazing. Like if you heard about my schedule in a day, you'd be like, Dougie, 
you are fucking doing nothing. Are you serious? That's your schedule? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but that's how I want to live my life right now. So that's what I want to do. And I'm going to create it because I, I know what it is to grind. This, this back half of my life, I don't want to live that way. I understand how the universe works. I under, understand how the energy works inside of it. I'm good. I'm going to create it my way because I understand how it works now. I created it with that mix of a whole bunch of bullshit and still got to my dream. Why don't I just create it with a whole bunch of ease and a whole bunch of relief and a whole bunch of be like water and see what happens then. That's what I want to do next. No, I dig that. That's a, I guess I would say similar to what I described to, well, I do it to my wife and she'll hate this, but I'm like, you know, cause I've, this has been a grind yes. like to be here yes. like a hundred hours a week, yes. every week for 15, like fucking years. Um, that is a grind selfishly. Like I like it in some weird fucking like masochistic, masochistic. way. Like <laughs> I fucking just like, can I just do more? Yeah. Like in, it's like, a, I don't want to say like a badge of honor. Cause we used to do that as like young dudes. I had two buddies who work with me in this business and it'd be like, who can sleep the least and work the fucking most. And the yeah. guy who couldn't was like the biggest fucking loser. And we just like talk shit. Like how dudes do like, and you go to yeah, the bar, sure. it's like have another shot. And it's like, sure. you can't, like, Oh pussy. Like, you know how just fucking dudes talk. Yeah. We would do that in like the business sense. Yeah. And, uh, I've done it for a long time and I'm getting older, obviously. So like your energy is not the same, like physically, like I don't stay up till 1am. I can't do that. That those days are gone. So I joke with her. I'm like, well, you know, I'll be retired. Like, and when I say retired, just like doing different things of a yes. phase, I'm like, and you'll be working, bro. Like, and you'll be getting up at fucking six and I'll just be fucking laying there, dude. And she gets so salty when I say it. Um, and in some sense, like how you design your life similar for me, I'm not ready to give up certain things yet. Sure. Just because it's not, I'm not ready to do not even money wise. Like it's just, I'm not ready to give them up yet. Yeah. At some point I will, I'll phase them out slowly and go over it. But I'm still happy doing it now. But That's I know what I'm saying. There'll be a time where I won't be. But you must enjoy them enough or you'd make another decision because you're smart enough now. Yeah. Like you've lived enough life experience in your way, in your way to create, right? In your belief to create it how you want to, where you would just do something different. Well, there's too many things. Like I still, it's like, and probably you, like baseball, you still think it's cool. Like yeah. I still wake up and like there's things I want to do. Yes. Like it's a Friday. I don't have to fucking be here. Sure. I don't have to do this podcast. I think it's cool. Yeah. And there's a something with that, with, with even like waking up at fucking four o'clock in the morning, that there's something still there. Sure. But at some point I know it'd be like, yeah, that was fucking nuts, bro. But I don't need to do that anymore. Yes. But that's like fitness though. It's like, to me, I'd rather, you know, it's, it's hard either way. Like life is hard no matter what you do. Yes. Whether you work really hard or you're a fucking lazy ass, it's going to be hard either way. To me, the way I look at it is if I'm going to work out and exercise and do all the work and build a business and do these things and build a personal brand, whatever the fuck that means anymore, like <laughs> that was not the plan. <laughs> I'm like, but you do that stuff. It's super hard. Would I want to start over again today? The challenge of it sounds cool, but that seems like it'd be fucking miserable. But Just, wouldn't you do it a different way? 100%. There you go. But- I'm glad I did it and I'm glad I'm here. Absolutely. I don't want to have to start doing it when I'm fucking 40. Yes. So I put in the work early. So the second half, it's like, you ever flown first class? 
Absolutely. And then you're flown on Southwest. Absolutely. They ain't the same, bro. Totally. I'd rather in my life fly Southwest for the first 20 years and fly first class well, the last 20. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's one of the thoughts I had when I when when I you know I stepped away from baseball. I was like, man, I was taking chartered flights. I didn't even get in an airport. Like we just took the bus to the plane and walked on the plane. It changes. Ordered things. whatever we wanted on. You know, yeah. I mean? that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. So afterwards, I was like, man. How am I going to do it in an airport now? You know what I mean? But it's like, come on, man. You get in the airport, you're fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's luxury problems. Yes, ex- yeah. exactly. Like, there is no, there is, but, but, but people who fly first class and they have an attitude about it, Yeah. oh, they'll make that a thing. And that will stump them in life, for sure. They'll make that a deal. And that will create havoc in their life. Because, wait, wait a minute. Uh, I didn't ask for that first class seat. I wanted that first class seat. You know what I mean? Like, like are levels we, to it. Are we serious right now? Yeah. yeah. So, well, I think that's how I think of like the, my work life or my this, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's all just life to me. Yeah. Like, there is no more, this is my work life. This is my, fr-. it's all the same fucking thing. Yes. Every day it blends together. Yes. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's much, I don't think there's separation in it. There's, there's more of like balance to it, but some people love 16 hours of work and so that's okay for them but if you're not get like you know it's like they call that like replenishment mode right like are you are you replenishing yourself you don't have to sleep to replenish yourself like that's a myth like you don't have to get your eight or nine hours that's not the only way to replenish yourself if you're grinding and you hate your life you might want to get eight to nine hours because yeah. to do that again the next day, you are going to have to replenish in that manner, right? For sure. But if you're really loving what you're doing, it's not beating you up. It's not pushing you down. It's not holding you down. Gravity is not on you, weighing on you. You feel like you're owning the world because you're in love with what you're doing. You got to find what you love. When I wish that for people too, like we just obviously were in Maui, which is Hawaii's great. Love Maui. Obviously. Um, but like when we're, I'm there and my wife now, cause she's such a huge part of what we do here now, mm-hmm. even though she has a job, she works, but so every other free hour, I basically get the free labor here. Uh, it's just, it's just more helpful when she films me with like little clothes on than like <laughs> totally. Sean and Anthony totally. is creepier That's awesome. that way. But That's awesome. when it, we were there, we're just like, we don't know how to do this anymore. Mm. Like how we used to kind of do vacations and not that. We would never do nothing, but we just watching people's behaviors and there's no judgment here, but people get out by the pool at like 6am to like grab their spot. And then these guys just drinking all fucking day and laying there and just like they're from Nebraska, just sunburn as fuck, you know, like just no business. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like that's not relaxing to me. Yes. Like I still do a little, I mean, we're connected to these phones, love it. And I hate it at the same time. Sure. But I still get some stuff done. I'll exercise. I'll still eat. I'll do my thing. I go, but even for me, like a week, I'm like, I'm better when I come back because it's like a re-energize. I realize how much I miss it. But sure. to be there and do nothing, like that's not my thing. Like I don't want to be gone that long and not do – I like to play the game. I don't give a fuck about the score. I'm going to win in the long run no matter what. This mm-hmm. is still the first quarter for me. But I want to be able to do my shit. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people, especially if you don't really like what you do, yeah. they're begging for a vacation. And I'm like... Because they're running from it. Yeah. Like, my normal life is fucking awesome. Sure. I don't need a vacation from it. I like to go see cool places. There you go. But I don't feel like I need it. And I think a lot of people, they don't feel the same way. 
totally agree. I, I was just going to say the same thing for me. Like a vacation is more about like, okay, if I'm locked in a chain or a pattern of thought, that vacation, we're just going to a different spot for sure. It might alleviate some of that so I can break free and create that inspiration or that idea to get me back on track. Like that would be what a vacation is. And so you could do that vacation in your neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to go anywhere, but it's like, if you're running to something like, you know, obviously that's a huge, uh, uh, you know, flashing light, like, Hey man, you might want to take a look. Cause I, I mean, I would assume that most people who go and they are drinking all day on a vacation is cause they absolutely have something that they're attempting to not want to think about. That would be an, a, an educated guess. Yeah, I mean, like, unless you, like, really are just a boozer and, like, you love to get fucked but up But there's a reason day. why you went to the booze to get fucked up in the first place. <sighs> I know. I think about Like, I try it to think. It didn't just appear. No. Well, I, I look at that, too, because I'm like, most people, it's just a weird thing. Like, when I, now that I see stuff, because, like, in, when you, like, in this life, like, if it's fitness, you're fucking weird. Like, it, it's just, I'm sorry. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. Like, if I show – and I, I'm a normal person. Like, I'll have a whiskey. I'll have a beer. I'll do whatever. Like, sure. we'll meet friends for dinner tonight, and I'll have a drink. It's fine. But a lot of times I don't. And I show up, and it's like, well, you're not going to drink the whole time, and you're going to eat right, and you're going to go to bed early and wake up early and exercise? <laughs> you're fucking weird. Why is that fucking weird now? Yeah. Like, why is that the unicorn thing? Yeah. Like, th I'm not saying be just like me, but this is probably what it should be. We've so normalized, well, just drink on the weekends, get fucked up do your shit, and then go to Monday, you dread it, beg for the weekend to come, and you watch people do that, and I'm like, it just, it seems like this robotic, like, miserable existence, to me anyway. For sure. If they're happy, respect. Sure. But I don't think a lot of people who are happy would probably choose to do that. No. So when you guys, like, work, I'll get you out of here in a little bit. No, you're good. Um, what do you, is there, like, a, when you talk about, like, the daily practice stuff. Yep. Is it? Not just meditation. Is it like a, a morning routine? Is there something you tell yeah. them? Is it have to be the morning? Like, what is the general kind of? Yeah. So thing? when we're talking about the pre-paving part, right? Like trying to get out ahead of it, we're absolutely talking about morning, because like right when you get out of bed, especially if there's things that are bothering you, you don't want to get the machine cooking again, right? Like you grab the phone, you start checking emails, yada yada yada. Like then your energy's gonna be right where you left it. So you're trying to take a hold of that. You know what I mean? You're trying to like say, okay, this is what I've been doing, but this is what I want to do now. This is where I want to place my energy, my focus, my attention, because it feels better than this, right? So we always suggest these three things. We're going to go meditation, then we're going to do some sort of intention or expectation list, and then we're going to do some sort of positive aspects or appreciation list. But we do it, we, we, we talk about it a little differently than most people talk about it because, you know, we're talking about it from a vibrational standpoint because the universe is a vibrationally based universe, period. That's a science deal, right? So uh, the meditation is going to help you stop or slow down momentum headed in a negative direction. So basically negative thought. Like if you're having negative thought, the meditation can help with that. Now, most people who are listening right now go like, dude, I've tried to meditate. I got monkey brain. That makes it worse. Just keep chilling. Just keep trying. But I think they're meditate. Like when people think of it, they think of it as like, who is it? Was Sergio here? Sergio hung out with the Dalai Lama. For wow. like, yeah, it was fucking. He told me that when he was here. I was like, what? That's I'm like, awesome. say it again. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, but then it was like, his, was his brother? He went to dinner with, uh -huh. and then he went over there, and then he hung out with the Dalai Lama for That's like a week. Crazy. He was telling me this whole story, 
And I think when people think of it, they think of that. Yes. Like this yogi, this holiness this yogi type yeah. shit where it has to be that. No, it's 15 minutes either listening to music, listening to a sound. Like it could just be the, the refrigerator humming in the background, right? Or focusing on your breath. Let's say you could do like one of those three things. That's it. That's meditation. 15 minutes in the morning, right? This is every day you tell people? Every day. I do it every day. Yeah. Like Without fail, every like day. What time you get up usually? Well, I'm I'm, I'm not early. I'm definitely not doing your 350 club. You could take that club and stuff it. Because well, you don't my do... club is the seven o'clock, seven thirty club. That's still not bad. Okay, that's not cool. terrible. Oh, nice. I mean, I would. But never I wake fucking, up. Natu- I would never do that. I wake up naturally. Like I put the alarm on at seven thirty just to make sure I don't sleep past that because I really don't want to. I want to get up and enjoy my day. Yeah. And it's so beautiful out in San Diego. So often that you just want to get up. So. I'm getting up basically like seven o'clock every day, you know, just naturally. But so I get up meditation, then I go to breakfast and at my breakfast, that's when I start doing my intentions or expectation list. So I start real general, just like, it's my intention today to relax. It's my intention today to live with ease. It's my intention today to just be nice to myself. It's my intention today to just go with the flow. It's my intention today to let go a little more. And I just keep it super general. And what I'm doing is I'm feeling for that place where the momentum, because literally you can feel it. I'm not writing a goal sheet. I'm not like, it's my intention to conquer the world. It's my intention to make a million dollars. It's my intention to be the CEO of the, no, I don't care about that. Because I understand that overall, the vibration, the way I feel day in, day day out consistently is going to bring me that, okay, from Every day that I go live, the actions that I take from that feeling place. Not, I get in that feeling space and I go lay on my couch. I get in the feeling space and then I go mix it up. Then I go live. Then I do my action. The actions are from inspirations and ideas that came from a good feeling place. Not actions and ideas that are trying to cover up all the shit I've done, right? Or the fear that I'm trying to clean up. That's not how it works, right? So I do this intention list, then it starts cooking and I go, then I start getting, I might start getting a little more specific, but then I start thinking about expectation. I expect to have fun today. I expect to feel good today. I expect to to, to, uh, create the things I want today. I expect to smile today. Uh, I expect to see um, beautiful people today. I expect to have amazing conversations today. Like I'll get rolling with that, right? And then that feels pretty good. And I'm like, wow. Okay, I'm in a pretty good feeling place. And then I start looking around I'm like, man, what can I appreciate? Either something in my view, my vantage point, or just something like I, I, an easy one for me, like I go to the ocean, right? And I just talk about all the, I appreciate the, the way it feels on my body. I appreciate getting the surf inside of it. I appreciate the living things in, <laughs> underneath it. I appreciate um, uh, the waves it provides, the, you know, anything that comes up with that. And then I just get rolling on that. And then... I'm in a pretty good feeling place. Like I'm, I'm ready to roll. And now like what I've been doing lately is I just write so that the, the flowers that you see on Instagram, yeah, the flowers we'll ta- are, we'll tag your Instagram at the end. <laughs> yeah. So these guys can see the your, flowers, your, flower, your flower collection. The flowers are, are, a, are a post for the, the, the hook behind it, right? The words behind it. So I, I take my time to write cause I write from inspired places. The reason why it's like, my account's not blown up and I don't have 40,000 posts on there is because I don't put anything on there if I'm not inspired. And so 
I go in flows with what I want to put on. So now I'm in flow right now. Like I want to write and put posts up with writing. Like before I was doing some videos or I was doing this or doing that, but I want to write. So I am inspired to write. I write and put it up. If I'm not inspired today, nothing like I know that I feel good about is coming up to put on. I don't just put something on because I think I have to build a post. I don't fall, I don't fall into that type of game. I appreciate social media for it bringing me people that I would never meet if that wasn't available. For sure. I've met amazing people over these last two or three years through Facebook and Instagram that I would never have met or they would never have reached out to me. So for that, I appreciate it. And so that I try to keep it real, authentic when I post. So some days I'm not as fucking as, as in a good feeling space. So guess what? I don't share my crap with others. I don't go on Instagram and go, hey, so I just want to let everybody know I had the worst day of my life yesterday and my dog shit on me and, yeah. and left me, right? My dog won't even come home and I feel so bad. Like, I don't do that game. That's not for me. I'll keep it real. You can ask me any question. I'll answer any question you want, but I'm not going to share with you something that I don't think is going to be of benefit to you. That makes sense. Yeah. So if someone's listening, like, man, that seems like a lot of shit to do. And I know some people are like, that seems like hokey as fuck. Totally. Like, I'm never going to write this shit down. I go, but you seem happy, though. Yeah. And that's like what I would get at. Like, if you're listening and you're like, wow, that seems like bullshit. But if someone's happy doing it and saying, like, this is part of the process. Yes. Just being open to doing it. Because there's a lot of things. Like, I think most things are bullshit. Um, (laughs) I just do. Uh, I would agree with you. Until I do them, though. And then, like, when you describe your process... I basically do the same shit just in a like a different a way. ghetto fucking way. Totally. Like I get up early as shit mm-hmm. and I don't got time to, or listen, I won't make, and that's the thing I'll ask this in a second. Sure. I don't make time for it at 4 a.m. Yes. Sometimes when I get here, these fucking lunatics are here before me and they're like, as I key in the door, they're ready to come in and talk. And I'm like, you guys, I need just five fucking minutes to chill. <laughs> but when I drive here, it takes me like, ah, maybe 15 minutes in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, for a long time, I've told the story a million times. My old car. I'm gonna do a whole podcast on my car, by the way. Um, <laughs> I still have. I still have it, but um, I drive a truck now. Uh-huh. But this um, 08 Accord. God, uh-huh. this thing has changed. I, my, yeah. It's changed my life. Um, the radio died like seven years ago, and I didn't have the code for it, and I never would go there to get it because I waste too much time. So there's no noise in it. Yeah. And so every day I'd wake up and drive here, and there's a silence. Nice. But that 15 minutes is like my mindfulness time. Super to just peaceful. Like, yeah. In your lists, I do it the night before. Here's what I need to get done for the day. Here's nice. what I want to do. Yeah. And I was going to ask you too because it's the same thing. And yes. I do the same gratitude shit. It just happens naturally where it might be July and I'm filling up my truck or whatever with gas, and it's not 200 degrees. It's 97, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's kind of a cool breeze. I'm so grateful for this. There like really go. basic shit. Yes. So it's just a dumbed-down version of what you do. But the language you use, and when you we talk with people, is that's a huge part of it too. Yes. Where people will say things, and I've found this in life in general, and I do it all the time now. And years ago I didn't, and but I was a fuckface then. It's like, <laughs> you know, when you talk, oh, I have to work out today. I'll yeah. never say that. No. I get the opportunity to. Yes. My legs, my arms, they move. And I'm in America, by the way. Yes. And I do fitness as a luxury. Yes. And if you look at, in its perspective, right? If there's 8 billion people on the planet, and I know there's people who really are suffering and struggling, I ain't one of them, bro. Like, I'm pretty fucking lucky, dude. So all my shit I'm going to talk about, like, it really ain't that big a deal. 
Yeah. And that's a big thing too for people where we get wrapped up in, and it's Scottsdale and I use this example all the time. People come in here, oh, my Porsche had a flat tire. It's 900 bucks. That ain't a fucking problem. Yeah. I was like, now yeah. it is for you. Yeah. Like if that's the worst thing that happened to you today, that is your problem. Sure. But in the big picture, should that steal happiness from you for the next two hours? No. It's just a language that people use. Yes. And like when you write stuff, I expect to do this today or I'm going to do this today. Where a lot of people the way that they're phrasing it in their head yes. and they manifest it, it's completely negative. Yes. And that's huge. Yes. So you tell somebody like, if they're like, wow, that seems like a lot. I don't have time to do that every day. Yeah. Which is bullshit too. Absolutely. You can make time for it or a version of it. Yeah. Like, do you ever guys run into that or you just say like, hey, you got to commit to something. So first of all, we, yeah, it's a commit to something for sure, right? So we explain it as slower stop momentum, Direct it in the direction you want to get it going in and then ramp it up. That's what those three phases are for, okay? How you do that doesn't matter. We just choose in our workshops to use meditations, intentions, and appreciation because that's what we love to do and it works, right? And it's like the most basic foundation of what you could do to kind of start uh, redirecting your life. Literally, if you just do that every morning for the next 14 days, you'll absolutely feel, if not see, differences in your life. In 14 days, absolutely guaranteed positive if you feel what you're doing when you do it. If you just go, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to write the intentions. I'm going to appreciations. Where's my shit? Never going to work. Never going to work. But if you actually feel the difference... It absolutely in 14 days guaranteed you'll not only feel, but you'll see differences in your life. But so now don't do that. Do whatever you want to do. Go take a walk, pet your dog, make something good for breakfast. Maybe that's your deal. Okay, great. But just understand it's an energy thing. It's an emotion thing, not a physical to do checklist thing. Because if you make it a chess checklist thing, it's not going to do anything for you, right? And so here's how I would say it to Cause somebody. Because I think when people hear that or read it or how I would, yes. um, it's another fucking task, bro. Yes. Like, so, I, don't got, I don't got time for another task. Absolutely. But so here's the thing. Do you not have not time for another task or do you have time for another flat tire and another uh, stub of the toe and another uh, my boss hates me and another my girlfriend broke up with me and another and another and another. Do you have time for that? You okay? You good with that? Okay, yeah. cool. So then don't do it. So you're good. You love your life. Everything's happy. You're consistently happy all day long. Good for you. Don't do it then. If you want to be happy and you'd like to start shifting the things that are happening in your life, that could be step one for you. That could be step one. And then if you don't have 15 minutes for that, because you can make it into 15 minutes. I make it into 30, 45 because I have the time and I love to do it. But if you really don't have the time for that, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Your life sucks. I think you're making decisions that probably aren't feeling very good for you. And if you just take a second to stop and kind of just feel around it, I bet you joy. It's kind of like one of those things where people go like, man... I don't know if I really like going to the gym, but then I know when I get there, man, I feel so much better afterwards. It's like, just, just, just release yourself from some of those thoughts that you think it's not going to work or you think it's a task. Take a different perspective on it. Hey, this could work out. What if I tried it for a couple of days? Let's see, the, let's see if it could make a difference. It'd be really cool if it could. 
Like, how could I feel like, and then all of a sudden what happens is you do it and you go out, out your day and you're like, wow, that person who usually closes the door in my face, just opened it for me. That person who usually cuts me off in traffic, just let me in. Hey, I hit all the green lights today. That's interesting. Like that shit happens based on how you're feeling, whether you want to believe that stuff or not, whether you think it's foo-foo or not, I don't care. I know it's true. hundred percent, million percent true. Well, if nothing else, like your perspective and like the amount of gratitude you have changes drastically. Absolutely. And it's this, it's a small, I guess I wish people, it's like fitness, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you can work out for 30 minutes a day, it's like a 2% of your day investment basically. Um, and people will tell me all the time, like, well, I can't do that. And we, we've literally done like full podcasts and videos and we've broken down a full week and it's fucking laughable Yeah. Um, when you do it. But if you have time to watch a Netflix series or like an NFL game on a Sunday for five hours, like, but you can't exercise or you can't do these simple practices. I'm like, yeah. all that really is, is like, you just don't value it. You yeah. don't give a shit. And like, yeah. if you could see the ROI yes. in doing it and yes. giving it an honest chance, which I think is the biggest thing for a lot of people absolutely um and you're saying again most people what we mean like they do have this whether they realize it or not the ones who are successful and happy there is a system and a routine they're following whether it's documented or not like it exists and even the one the people here i meet like just observing it being around them like we're it's very we're our systems are different yes but they're very similar yeah because they're going for the same thing you're striving for the same thing but you're an individual, so you you create your system, your process based on how you feel. And you should own your own system. You shouldn't be pickpocketing everybody else's system because everybody else's system is for their own soul, their own being, their own life. It's not for yours. And so like when you, like if you wake up and you have a shit day, mm -hmm. you're just like, man, this day sucks. Like mm -hmm. for whatever reason, yep. anxiety, the world, sure. who fucking knows? Sure. You still do the same thing and just try to like, absolutely just roll through it. M most of the time you go to bed or you take a nap and you just feel better from that. Cause you just, you're in shutdown mode, right? And just like all systems shut down. Yeah. Let me go to bed, wake up. I'm ready to roll again. It, it's, it, it really has been a very long time since I've gone a full day without feeling good at some point of my life or some point of the day where I've, where I've smiled, laughed, had some happiness. Yeah. I can't remember the last time that I've literally lived the day where I, I was upset all day. Well, that's the weird thing too. Like when you said again, obviously like, you know, this is, I'll generally speak, people obviously deal with shit. So barring some like life altering shit where it's just like you just, it's a shit storm all day, every day. Totally. Like in a normal day, like even for me, if it's like, you know, pandemic stuff when they're like, Hey man, we're never going to shake hands again. This, and I'm like, we're never going to shake hands again. I'm like, bro, if I was 19 in college, I'm trying to have sex with like everybody. <laughs> You're telling me like that dude's going to fucking hold it back. I'm like, this is the, that was bullshit. That's just my side pandemic oh, comment. Awesome. But when I thought about that, I'm like, you know, don't talk to anybody. don't see anybody. And yeah. I just felt like shit. Yeah. Um, I would come in here, feel like shit internally, do these podcasts for one reason. One, I knew other people had it a thousand times worse. Cause that perspective, obviously like my life, it wasn't fucking bad. It just wasn't fun. And it made me feel way up. I go, but if I can pour into them and make them feel good, that will selfishly feed me. And that wouldn't really clear it, but it would make it better. And I would go home and I'd shit you not. I would watch this like log cabin living on HGTV because I'm like, they're fucking setting the mall on That's fire. Awesome. They're doing crazy shit. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to have to fucking kill somebody. We're moving to fucking Pine, Arizona. I have a mansion. It'll be sick. And I'm like, you can get a log cabin in Wisconsin for fucking 200 grand. And it's like 8,000 square feet. That's what we're doing. But I would feel better. My point is, is that I would do things 
that made me feel better, whether yeah. it's escapism or something yeah. like pet my dog, do normal shit. Or sometimes I think people just, they don't search for the good feelings for sure enough for sure. And you talk about it too. It's, it's dude, the reason I've done almost everything is because it makes me feel a certain way. Like when, like we paid our house off before COVID people talking mad shit about me. You're a fucking idiot. You should have did this with the money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I go, but the reason I did it was selfishly. And I've talked about this many times before one. So if I'm dead, my wife has a place to live. She never has to worry again. Nice. I go, but two, I don't like things holding over my head. Yeah. So if I can clear something else away, yeah. like a mortgage payment, I don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah. So if I can eliminate these financial burdens and these other things, my brain is clear. Yeah. I feel good. I can think a certain way. And I know that about myself. If I'm stressed or worried, I don't think clearly. I'm not inspirational. I'm not creative. I don't like it. So if I can get rid of that stuff, I'm a better person. Yeah. And so I just try to search to feel good. And I know if I do that, all the other shit, like you mentioned, is going to come my way. That's literally been my life. Yeah, for the last 10 years. You're exactly, ex you're explaining it to a T right now. It's like, but, but the thing about it is so many people has, have, have listened and depended on so many things outside of themselves. They don't know how to navigate themselves. And so that's another thing that we're teaching in there about your emotions and how they are a guidance system. Emotions aren't there to judge you. They aren't there to blame you. They aren't there to ridicule you. They're actually there for guidance. They're information and only information, and it's completely non-judgmental. So when you're feeling like shit, just think about what are you thinking about right now to produce that feeling because your thoughts are what are evoking the emotions. Yes. So all you got to do is tune into, well, what am I thinking about right now? Oh, shit, maybe I could just... Go this way or like, what am I watching on TV right now? Oh, the news. Okay, here. So th this is a perfect story, right? My dad, God bless him. Love my pops. Okay. So he calls me up right, right when I, uh, I mean, he did it all sorts of times when I was in the big leagues, but let's just say the angels, right? I'm in the big leagues and my dad's calling me like, oh my God, Doug, I just saw this thing on MLB and they're saying blah, blah, blah. I said, Doug, or I said, dad, none of that's true. Stop fucking telling me about this. It's, it's not true. He goes, oh, okay, okay, okay. Calls me back, Doug, you don't know what I heard on the dad. Doug, I said, or dad, none of that's true. Stop fucking telling me this shit. It's all bullshit. If the sports news is full of shit, what do you think the real news is? People, stop watching the news. It's not informing you. It's freaking you the fuck out. But you're not paying attention to how you feel when you're watching it so you don't know that that's what's going on. And then all of a sudden you're making purchases of like, I got to buy all the toilet paper in the store. I got to buy all the fucking water in the store. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Your own beliefs, your own emotional guidance will take care of you. Just start listening. Just start tuning into how you feel and don't make decisions off of fear. Wait till you feel better. Get into hopefulness. Get into some contentment. Just get into surrender, right? Then make some decisions from there and see how those turn out. Stop making decisions from what other people are telling you to do, from judgment, from ridicule, from, you know, whatever else that is. It's all bullshit. It's weird how we do that. Like, well, the, the toilet paper thing is always baffles me just because <laughs> I think it's because, like, when people go in and they look at a shelf, yeah, the shelf looks empty. So it creates this panic. Like, where if it was, like, 
taco packets. You wouldn't <laughs> notice it, right? Because they're small and little. But because the items are so big, people are like, oh, fuck, there's none for us. And I'm like, first of all, I didn't get that. Like, I never understood the toilet paper. Like, of all the things you were going to hoard, you can wipe your ass with a lot of shit, bro. Like, is that got to be the yeah. thing? Get in the shower and just, you know what I mean? Find a position to get you, yeah, you know what I mean? You, you took, wipe it off. Yeah. You know, we're good. Like, I never understood <laughs> that part of it. But I think of that when it's like this, like the herd mentality of like, okay, this is what we all do. This is what we all, you know, like. And this is what, like, I always thought like, even like as a kid growing up or like now when you think of stuff, like. We like we have certain likes and interests. Where there's friends of ours who like think Coachella is awesome, right? Yeah. That to me sounds like my saw game. <laughs> like where they drop me off and they're like, "You have to survive here for three days, bro." <laughs> and like, because it sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't sound cool to me. But sure. like when you're young, like it'd be like, "Hey, man, we're gonna go do this." Doesn't that sound awesome? And internally, I'm like, "That sounds fucking terrible," but I just go with it because like that's what the group would do. Mm-hmm. I think like. A lot of people just do that with everything mm-hmm. all the time, even if it feels intuitively like fucking wrong. Yeah, because you're 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 you don't want to deal with what your friends or family are going to say if you don't go with the with with the crew. Yeah. If you don't go with the herd mentality, that's a tough deal to do. Like I'm, I'm working with this one professional pitcher right now and he, he literally had to like, you know, take the time to reframe to go, wait a minute. My career is for me. This is about me. And if I don't text this person back or this family member back and they're pissed off, hey, that's on them. Like I'm preparing myself for a game. I got to go. I got to produce results here because that's how I'm making my paycheck. And that's how me and my wife are currently surviving. Like I'm making decisions for me because that feels the best. And I'm okay with somebody else's ridicule or opinion if they don't agree. But I'm not going to let that dictate my decisions. I'm going to let you have your opinions. And I'm still going to feel compassion for you. I'm going to love you anyways because I understand this ain't had nothing to do with me either. You being upset with me has nothing to do with me. It has to do with how you feel and the thoughts that you're thinking and all the stuff that's happened in your past to bring this moment together for you. It's not about me. And so I'm not taking this personally. It's like what you say about how you don't care about what people think because you know that none of those people are affecting the way you live your life. They're not gonna, you're not going to allow them to affect a decision you make. And everything works out. How many times have people been pissed off at you and then a day later, two later, breezes over and like, ah, we're good. I was just upset that day. Well, most things, like, they don't. What is, like, the old, is it, like, the old, uh, like, when you're salty, you're pissed off at somebody. Yeah. Um, what, I think it's, like, is it Thomas Jefferson? He'd be like, you write a letter, and that this is, like, old school shit, <laughs> and you stick it in a drawer, and you walk away, and then you come back three days later, and you read it, and typically you don't send it. Yeah. It's the same thing with texts and emails and there things. Like. Most of the, and it's like with problems too, most of the things like even that I'll worry about, they're bullshit. Yeah. And they, my brain will do the, it'll do the negative. Like it goes to the end of the world shit always with most things. And, uh, that never comes to fruition. It almost never does. And it gets resolved in like two days, but I wasted 26 minutes one day fucking tripping about it. Well, that used to probably be like two days. So at least you cut the time down and realize like this shit is irrational right now. Big time. I used, to, I used to do this thing where I'd text somebody, and if I didn't get a text back within like five minutes, they're like, well, what happened? Did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? I really hope that, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Because I, I, I love myself, but I, I really want others to be happy too. But I, I've done that almost to, to a negative in the way like I'm so worried about how others feel that I'm not taking care of myself first, right? And so it's like, I'm like, Oh no, what if they don't let, what if I said that, that, but, but, and then I started thinking like, Dougie, 
first of all, none of that ever happened. You got a hold of the person eventually, they're like, I never thought any of that stuff. I just, I looked at the text and then I got busy with something else and then I got back to it. Yeah. Happens 99% of the time. So it's like, why do you even spend the time worrying about it? Well, it's like the, and, I, and again, we work with a lot of moms here and I think moms, you know, get it the worst because they, they give everything to like, whether it's the spouse and the kids for sure. Mm-hmm. And we always, it's like the same airplane, like put your mask on first, but they don't. You know, because they're like, they're doing it for everybody else. And then, but then they become miserable as fuck. Cause like they take a backseat to everyone there and I'm a selfish dude. So like, I'll never fucking do that. Sure. Um, even my wife, love her to death. But bro, if I ain't happy, dude, yeah. you're going to be fucking miserable. And not, not like I'm trying to. No. You're just, it's going to seep out of me. Absolutely. And you're going to feel it. And it's like, it's like you, I have a process. She has a process. Yeah. And then we have a process together. Yeah. But you have to respect that of people. The problem is I don't think a lot of people find their yeah. process. But that's the funny thing too. Like. We talk about selfish, right? Such a funny word in our society today. And such a freaking label, right? The same person that's telling you you're selfish is literally trying to get you to do something they want you to do. Uh, I thought that's the definition of selfish, selfish, right? So it's like the whole game of selfishness is just blown up. Like I, you know, like for me, I do the best I can when we, when we talk with people, when I talk with people, when I'm coaching, I don't. I do the best to not label any of it. Like no label exists when we get inside of our, of our one-on-one consulting or coaching or whatever, or our groups. Yeah. Because with the labels come an energy and come an emotion. And so if you have a certain label that has been put, like we just had a conversation this morning. I had a conversation with Dusty and somebody that is going to do a ceremony with her, right? Is actually speaking that someone labeled bipolar depression to them now i'm not saying like please nobody call jeremy up and say i'm saying bipolar doesn't exist and depression doesn't that's not what i'm saying but what i am saying is if the individual you're labeling with bipolar depression feels a certain way now because of the label it's going to be a little tougher to deal with the bipolar depression and then the drugs come with it and so on and so forth so i'm just saying if we could do a little bit of work on less labeling, relinquish some of the labels, it would help in the healing process of most human beings in our world, period. No, I agree. I mean, I think that's like, I mean, but that's the same, to me, that's the same as like, you're 12 and the teacher's like, you're fucking dumb. There you go. And now you're married to it. Or you got ADHD because you don't like sitting in a desk all day. Yeah. And well, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling you, I don't, I need to say this. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, sorry, I'm, a, guys. I'm a fucking gorilla. I'm yeah. a dummy. I go, but I don't know any of the ADHD, ADD. I don't know any of that shit. I go, however, I can say this. I went, I did school. I didn't give a fuck about it, dude. Yes. I didn't, I don't know why I had to learn what a parallelogram was or the Dewey <laughs> decimal system or the periodic table of elements. All that stuff yeah. was horse shit. I knew it was horse shit when I was 12. <laughs> it's fucking horse shit now. I didn't care. I wasn't engaged. I didn't want to fucking be there. I couldn't pay attention. Yes. Like I got good grades in college just because like I cheated. Sure. And and I like and I can memorize shit. Yeah. I go, but I didn't really learn anything. Yeah. So my point is, is that I didn't care. I wasn't engaged. I didn't like it. I didn't retain any information. If you ask me about stuff I care about, I'm fucking John Wick, bro. I'm gonna fucking kill everybody and learn every single thing. I'll memorize it to a T. Yeah. I could recite you the movie Step Brothers word for fucking (laughs) word, dude. You know why? Because I like it and I care about it. Yeah. I think a lot of that is the problem with some of those things. Yes. Where we label someone like, well, this is your problem. 
and you can never learn. I'm like, no, no, no. You're just teaching uninteresting, stupid shit I don't yeah, care about. Exactly. Because you can take that same person, I think, a lot of times, and they find what they're passionate about or what they care about, and then now they're Completely a different human. different, yes. I agree Completely with that. Different. That's yeah. why I do think the label's kind of... And again, people hold on to them for a long, forever sometimes. Big time. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, I'll get you out of here in a second. What's... No um, for people, like, yeah. what? how do they find you guys? What's the kind of process? How does it work? The whole kind of shit is it just is it online is it in person is it a mix what's yeah. the so i mean right now we have a website sold soul centered workshops.com um and so you could check it out and kind of see what's on there and you could see our events what's coming up what city we're in you know that kind of deal what do you do most of it anywhere Every, uh, most of it is phoenix and then we're starting up in encinitas in california and so oh, shithole yeah yeah exactly yeah. super exactly. nice yeah so i just made sure like when the weather Got to a certain point here. Yeah. No problem. Let's just redirect it over here. Makes sense. But uh, we'll, we'll go anywhere. Like if you want to create a small group, we'll discuss the valued exchange. And then we would more than happy come to travel because we just love doing it. It's a, it's an amazing two days to speak about emotional awareness. And like, I mean, we literally have people that have literally felt disconnected for 20 years, come in and sit and the, it's amazing the energy changes you see in people's faces and in their bodies where they came in and they're telling a certain story. And by the time they leave after the two days, it's literally like their face. They don't even look like the same person. It's amazing. And this, these are people who've like literally done workshop after workshop and this after this because it's just, it's good information. man. I don't know what else to say. It's good stuff. Well, and there's no, and this is what I'll, I'll leave it with this. We go through school, and again, I'm an idiot. I don't know what you should learn. Like, if it's history to 1877 or whatever the fuck the thing is, like, whatever you need to teach or geometry, if you think that's important. For yeah. some people, it is. For me, no, I'm yeah. a dummy. I go, but we don't teach this. Yeah. Nothing. And it's the same way I feel about like basic finance. Like, and I always give this example. I graduated college like cum laude. So mm. what is that? That's the that's the dumbest of the smart people. That's basically what that it's is. It's like the three five. Uh, I think it's like three seven or something like nice. that. Yeah, but again, like it's I graduated. I don't know what health insurance is. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it works. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what a retirement account is or four hundred one k. Nothing. Mm -hmm. I don't really know compound interest. I don't know any of these things. Mm -hmm. um, but yet I went all the way through school, and I'm like I'm prepared for life. Mm -hmm. And I also don't know anything about whether you want like the terms or not. Self awareness mindfulness, yeah. any emotion. I know nothing yeah. that was not discussed in my household. Yep. That sure as fuck is not discussed in school. And yet you're an adult, go live your life. Yep. And all I got is the shit that I picked up for the last 22 years. Absolutely. Which is crazy. And like, I don't know how you integrate this into school or if that ever happens in my lifetime, but I feel like, and maybe you guys can agree, like since the pandemic or whatever, and we've had friends of ours, psychologists, social workers and stuff on the podcast who are like, we can't take any more people. Yeah. Because my girl, I think Katie was here. Was she in here in March? And I'm like, when can you see another patient? And she's like, I go, so if they call you like, and this, and I'm saying like dudes, right? Like and women are tend to be better because dudes are like, we're fucking stupid. Yeah. And so we're just stubborn. And I'd rather like eat shit before I go talk to somebody. <laughs> That's just me, bro. Like I'm going to die with my problems. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm straight up about it, but I admit it. And so, but for a man to reach out, I feel. Yeah. And like he's really struggling. Yeah. And it's like a Friday. Um, I'm like, when could she, they see you? And this is in March. She's like, oh, probably May. Wow. 
And I go, what does he do? Well, he should call like a crisis hotline or do wow. something else. And so I feel because of the last two years, and it, it was building up before that, yeah. you're going to see like this wave of just shit. Yeah. Of people like just sad, depressed, or losing their stuff. And the way that, I don't want to say just like economically the world is and, and all the things that go on, but it's, we're expected to do so much. And it's so fast and we're so inundated. And that like fight or flight that you probably used to feel five times in your life. Yeah. People live that shit every day. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, because I was in the that app uh, business planning, you know, all that. Because, you know, I'm trying to check out the industry. So I have this digital wire. You know, it's a health newsletter, right? Yeah. And um, y- you just can't believe how many hundreds of millions of dollars is changing hands on the daily with these healthcare companies coming up with telehealth, uh, telemedicine, talk therapy, coach this, coach that, so on and so forth. But again, it's like, then where are all these coaches coming from? So it's like, so it's like, you know, all the life coaches from X, you know, X certification and X certification. It's like, so we, we got to find a way for people to tap into our own power, our own knowing, you got to believe that there's a way to do that and to access this on your own. You don't have to go spend the $350 an hour to the therapist to do it. Now, if you need it, go do it, please. This was, I did not say don't yeah. do it. Please, if you're feeling like you want to end life, you need to call somebody immediately. But what I'm saying is, if you think you got some time and you're okay right now, Check in with yourself and just, just observe your thoughts and your feelings for a couple days and see what comes up. I bet you'd be super surprised at what you think and feel in a day. Just if you try to observe it, just observe it and be aware of it. I dig it, bro. That's good shit, dude. (laughs) Uh, So again, give me the website, give me the social media handles and I'll, I'll tag everything in the show notes too. So these guys will see it. So soul centered workshops.com is the website. The Instagram for that is soul centered underscore workshops. And my personal is my full name, which I I made it as long as possible. Right. Yeah. At Douglas Bryant white, B R Y A N T at Douglas Bryant white is the IG with the flowers at the top. Yeah, I'll put his. Um, I'll share it in there. Uh, we'll take a picture for you go. Yeah, so plug right. your stuff on there. Sounds good. Um, but this is good shit, dude. Um, Appreciate and I'll, I'll link all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, we could do this for ten hours. Yeah. But I'm gonna pee my pants. <laughs> I know. Uh, me too. In a second. It's. I mean, we're. we're I gotta run off. Though. We're like two. It's almost three hours. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Goes quick. Yeah, it does. I dig it though. Um, okay, so you guys, I'll put all his stuff in the show notes. You guys check it out again if you want to pick up the Jeremy Scott Fitness app. The link is in the bio. Um, that'll be in the show notes too. If you want Athletic Greens for free, hit me up. Monica will send you a travel pack. Um, give him a follow on Instagram. Obviously, he's he's a unique <laughs> character <laughs> for sure. And uh, the site's good. I believe in it. Obviously, I do a lot of the stuff just in my own ghetto. Um, way for sure so i appreciate it dude awesome um thank you guys as always if you're on spotify drop it a five star if you're on apple Podcasts, leave a five star and a comment i would appreciate it and until next time eat well train hard be nice to people and please you guys keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to i'll talk to you soon peace